Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm going to ask you guys a question. I'm yes, going to sir. ask you guys. Uh, yes, and and this is, there's going to be a different answer for different people when it comes to this. Um, I'll start with you, Jayla. Mm-hmm. What is a good person? What what do you consider a good person? What is what is the right type of person? For I've you? got a lot of thoughts on this. I'm not, rich as okay. a parent. What else? No, not rich. What else? Rich? rich. Now let's go. All right, let's add the other qualities. Uh, I, I I I can I can go through the litany of of things that I've told my kids over the years. Okay, and that's a good person. Okay, number one is my go to uh, saying. Whatever you want to call it, philosophy, let them know you were here. I've told you that. I've told my kids that repeatedly. Let them know you were here. So like fart in the room? No, not in a bad way. In other words, do something in your life that people, generations, your kids and generations down the road will know that you did something. That that could be bad, though. No, I said not bad. Like do something good, like whether it's... You know, charitable or productive or whatever. That that's one of my absolute. So like the second mile with Jack Easterby, like that. No, no, no. no that, my, was, my, that was Sandusky. Dang it! Uh, uh, <laughs> the, the, the greater champion, greater champion. Uh, my mine mine is is more is that. That's one. The second one is uh, that I've told my kids a lot over time. Uh, don't don't do something for the accolades. Okay. Don't 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 do it Damn. like Jack Easterby. Okay. If you're gonna do something important. Don't do it for the accolades. Do it because it's important to you. Okay. So there you go. That's your list. I got one more. All right. That I've always told them. I'm telling you, you went to the, you came to the right person. Ah, here, yes, man. I'm here. You came to the right person. I'm here, here. baby. Um, give more than you receive. Okay. Give more than you receive. Okay. Right. I think Sean just harumphed. All right. <laughs> I think that was a harumph. All right. Biggie, what's what's a good person to you, sir? Somebody that's respectful to you. Somebody that's willing to go 
above and beyond for you and somebody that's just just cool to be around man no bad energy okay be real okay keep it real no no be real no be real like like not don't be a fraud yeah that's fair that's fair like 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 you are what you are i am what what i am we're different but we're not frauds yeah, no, nah, yeah, just I, I, I just authenticity. Mm-hmm. Um, Sometimes it's hard to tell when until stuff gets real. Yes, very yeah. much. And so. then you can see the men and the mice. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I think a lot of people that do the things like the charities and all that, like it's mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, you're, look you're at clearly, me, I'm yeah, giving money to a charity. Clearly, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. see you. Yeah, I ask all this because D'Amico Ryan said this yesterday, and it got me to wondering, what the hell does? Uh, D'Amico mean when he says this. This was D'Amico Ryan's live at the Combine. We'll go back out there at noon. This was him talking about getting to know prospects uh, at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. There is an advantage to, man, I know exactly who this guy is. I know exactly how he will respond. There's a lot that goes into it. It's like we're trying to gather as much information on these players and their backgrounds as much as we can to identify who they are as a person, truly figuring out, man, who is this person that we're bringing into our building? So for me, it's always person over player. Bringing the right person in is uh, is of high importance to me. Why right. are you smirking? I just, I, I, <laughs> I just don't know what it means. I'm trying to figure it out. Like, what is who, who does who does this cancel out? What does this mean? Yeah, there's a lot of these kids are young men. They're 21, 22 years old. They're not finished products. Is it just? How dismissive are you of someone? How much goes into it? Like, what is the perfect person? What does that mean? What is D'Amico saying? What is he telling us? Does that mean, like, any knucklehead is, like, off limits? Do I need to start looking at free agency different? Like, that's that's what I'm trying – that's what I wonder. That's that's what I would like to know from D'Amico. Like, can – with that said, like, these kids aren't finished products, right? Um, No, not even close. I think he means for them. Okay. For the Texans. That that doesn't eliminate necessarily knucklehead tendencies. Okay. But someone that when you're around them, you really get to know. Like, how many people in our lives do we know? I know you and Figgy know these guys. That you're like, man, that, that poor guy, he's always getting in trouble, but he's not a bad guy. You know? Oh, like, I know. Way too many. Yeah, like, like, like he's always in something, or people think this or that of them, but I know him, and he's a good dude. He's yeah. got a He's got a good core. I think that's what he's talking about. Yeah, I mean, and, and maybe we need to strike this up, Figgy. Let's 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 get it going, man. I mean, this this might be the new way uh, way of things around here. Strike up that choir, man. What are we doing? It's a choir. I like a good Got choir. Got the choir boys, man. Who doesn't like a good choir? Get the choir boys going here. Yeah. You don't want choir boys. You don't want nothing but choir. No, boys. I'm okay with it. I just hope it's not. I hope it's negotiable. I hope you think you can get the most out of somebody. Yeah. Look at that. I think that's their first round pick right there. <laughs> I don't think they've dropped yet. Damn, that's a swell young I don't man. Think that, <laughs> I don't think they've dropped yet. That's a swell young man right there. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> I mean, like, if we get to the point where, let's say that the, uh, like, there's a situation where there's, like, a Randy Moss that falls down. Like, are they just going to say no thank you? It's a great example. Like, is that... Like, no, that's a great they, example. Tyreek Hill? Yeah. Well, I don't know if that's I'm a good, good example. On that one. I don't know if that's you a good example. Tyreek Hill? I'm good you on that You see the latest one. on Tyreek Hill? I, I, I'm good on him. That, that, that is a guy who just finds... a person's leg 
a woman. For me, <laughs> there is just there's levels of trouble, and then there's just dumbassery. Yes. Like if you go to a club and something pops off, I can get down. But between getting into it in a marina with that forty year old white guy or whatever Didn't that he was, break a woman's leg allegedly. They were doing backyard drills or yeah. something, getting three women pregnant at this. At, I'm good on him. Yeah, there's uh, yeah, there's the, a line in the sand, and uh, we're not even mentioning what he. What well, he at least did. Kansas what, City got that Super Bowl. They did. We're, so we're not even moved on. I know they got rid of it. We're not even mentioning what happened uh, coming into the draft, which is the I think he said Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I'm good on that. <laughs> you know, my, he's actually just been caught in a bad situation, but he's a good dude. That's How my, about Tyreek Hill? That's my line in the sand. But Randy Moss is a good example. Yeah, like if he falls to you, like mm-hmm. what are you, you going to do? Like can yeah. you get the most of him? I, I, I do wonder that. Because when I, when he I matured. He had relatively good qualities, you know, in, in some instances. Uh, and he was kind of just a different kind of guy. He's a country guy, you know, just from a different place. So that's a good example. There. Yeah. So I just I just wonder what that means when D'Amico says that. I'm mm-hmm. I'm intrigued. I I do like the the line in the sand. I just wonder if it's if it's flexible or not because these are these are kids. You know these 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 are kids at the combine. One other thing, and and for those who have been around the Texans from the very start, there was always a big eye roll about they have to have the right type of person here. Like they've got to get. Basically, choir boys. But it was too. Well, and they ended up with the Easterbees of the world. Yes, but it was a, to a fault, is what it was. And the Bill O'Briens who can't, just can't get anything. Let's get David Johnson there. And there were yeah. frauds. They were fra- I'm not saying David Johnson. I'm saying, but there were frauds, uh, and it was to a fault. I think D'Amico has that, that balance of can I, can I get to this guy? Can he fit in here? And, I, and I'm in. That's good. By the way, all, all the players that they've brought in, whether it was free agents this past season or, or um, you know, draft picks, they've been all solid dudes. This is this was one of the most fun years I've had being around this team, you know, talking to some of the guys. Oh, yeah, they got right? some characters. Yeah, it was really fun talking to them, getting, getting to them. I'm, and I'm just, I just don't know, like, what, is it, what does it look like? We'll, we'll hear from Nick Casario at noon. I mean, I'm intrigued to hear what he's got to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hopefully, like we know what CJ Stroud is. Can we? Can we just get to it? I was just he was good. The draft was fun. Like we get it. Like let's let's Nick. How how satisfying was the twenty? Get out of here. Like the walk away. Luckily, Stutes asked him about Grenard and stuff, and Mm -hmm. there was the Schultz, the Singletary, all that. Let's let's get to it. We're at the combine. How do you feel about CJ Stroud being a leader? His development. We get to it. If they say the words. For C.J. Stroud and development in the same sentence. Let's move on. Uh, yeah. Do you like, think he could take the next step this oh year? We God. get it. Oh we God. get it. Yeah, What's? how do you follow that up? Yeah. How do you follow that up, Coach? Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, you think you could draft another rookie like C.J. Stroud yeah. in this draft? Yeah. How, do you, how do you follow it up? What's it like? What was the other thing he got asked? And I was like, what, what is this? Mm-hmm. Oh, going from being the hunter to the hunted. I was Brother. like, what? Brother. It's the combine, bro. <laughs> it's the combine. It's working out over here. It's the next generation. It's interviews. Cody's been kicking butt, man. Yeah, he's on top of this combine. We'll talk to him at 1 o'clock. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk to uh, Aaron Taylor at 1120. Uh, we'll ask him about some of these guys. He's covered some of them in the trenches. He's also got some project where the kids are learning football now at a small age. Good. I guess three NFL teams have taken Good. it on. Good. Yeah. What's wrong with that? That's great. Yeah. That's great, man. Remember this one, Jimmy. Uh, Landry Lark and John Lopez. Figgy Fig with you here on Houston Sports Leader Sports Radio 610. Yeah, the combine, it's exciting. There's a lot of uh, speculation. I heard John Harris today. He seems pretty set for this uh, 
potential edge guy or perhaps a defensive lineman. Byron Murphy out of Texas, he's brought up. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says that he would love to play for the Texans. This is with Stutes. Uh, said he prefers a 4-3 defense and his effort on the D-line is unmatched. That kind of seems like something that would fit them all. Don't know if he's going to fall um, to the Texans. Somebody that like that's going to fall. Seems like something that might. You see Mel Kuyper's latest work. today? I He still does stuff? I had no idea. What did he do? Mel Kuyper dropped his latest mic draft. Another tackle? A tackle. <laughs> what is going on here, man? Another offensive tackle. And it's not like Mel Kuyper doesn't know the situation. That's what I was I, t- no, saying that's how That's how unknown Titus Howard is. No, I think he knows him. No, I don't think so. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way. I'm like, Do they just think he stinks? Because I don't, I don't know if he's really that good. Well, that too. Uh, but, they, uh, dude, everybody thinks they need a right tackle. I'm talking first-round pick. 23 yeah, I overall. Yeah, I know. This is, the, this is like the fifth mark draft I've seen like on a credible – site where they have him t- taking a right tackle it's 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 i said he's not gonna i saw him post it uh and i'm like it's not gonna be a tackle it's not gonna be a tackle well dang it it's a tackle <laughs> it was i mean it's not happening it's just it's just hilarious and tyler guyton yeah guy tom yeah from oklahoma yeah okay yeah it's not happening i don't think so Is either it? but everybody's no, saying it's it not. y'all sure positive no i'm not sure <laughs> all right i'm positive We'll see what happens with Tyson. I, I don't. I mean, I think this time next year we might be talking about it. I'm not confident. I don't yeah. know what he's going to be. Doesn't it also fit into your theory that you just talked about yesterday? Like, bolster the position even if it seems like it's set. Yeah, but not at right tackle. You just started this contract. We got to get. We got to see it for one year, right? I mean, what were they saying? And how much you put into the offensive line? Yeah, we got it. We got to put another first guys. round pick. Look, I totally agree with you guys, but. How, how often is this going to happen where we start thinking maybe there's some there's some fire where that smoke is? Figgy, did you hit the uh, did you hit the fair uh, the uh, rodeo yesterday? Nah, I didn't. I thought you were looking for a parking pass. Yeah, I was kind of looking for a parking, but I ain't find one. But oh, okay. I'm gonna thought, go. So I'm gonna just go Friday. I thought you were hitting it. Yeah. You were trying to get some Bumbies things that he's doing. What's yeah? That? So uh, Trail Burgers partner partnered up with Killings Barbecue. Yeah, I saw that. Oh wow! So they got like some brisket fries, some heavy loaded brisket right fries. Yeah, yeah. I saw I saw those fries, man. And Landry Locker, John Lopez, <laughs> Figgy Fig with handle, you. You can't handle that smoke, man. No, I just I you washed up, man. You can't eat nothing like that no more, man. It did. It just didn't really look like something that was necessary. Yeah. It's past your time, man. Yeah. It just didn't seem like it was necessary. It's a young man's game. You know? Yeah, that's that's a do it for the gram type of thing. Yeah, which Figgy, of course, just do it for the gram. Act like you like it. You're not even if he doesn't hey. like it, he's not gonna say, "Hey, man, that's, that's my job. That's my job, man." If, if you take a bite of that and you don't like it, there's no way you're gonna say you don't like it. That's why. That's why I, I can't. Like when you do a killings bun B thing, like. Figgy will go but, out there on but the But see, streets. I'm a big but fan you, of Killings. I love Killings. Okay, and I like I like uh, El Tiempo and Carabas, but I don't want them collaborating and, like, making, like, some nachos. <laughs> but so, those nachos might be fire, though. They might be. be. Like, Let me try. They might be, but if they aren't, 
I'm going to say they aren't. If you take a bite of that, you're going to say, spoiler alert, Figgy's going to say that these these fries are good no matter what. Don't do that to Figgy. What if you know that? He's not going to say they're bad fries. Figgy, you need need to be honest, man. He's not going to be honest. He can't be honest with Killings and Bubby. Those fries look fire, man. I'm telling you. I don't think those fries are going to be nasty. I got to see these things. I think you should just ask for brisket on the side with some fries. Why? They're not loaded. They call loaded fries for a reason. Lopez. Dude, that's not fries. That's, that's a, a meal, man. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what, that's, that's what I'm getting. I'm not getting a burger with that on the side. What are we doing here? That's enormous. That's a lot, isn't it? That's a lot. <laughs> what, how, how much are those? 28? I have no idea. 30? I have no idea. You're putting that much brisket on top? Man, oh, you man. washed up, man. You out the game. Just say you out the game. You can't handle that, man. When I was in the game, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Nah, going you down the that fast path. food expert, man. Nah, and you that, mean to tell me you can't handle no loaded fries? You can't. You can't handle no loaded fries. That ain't fast food, right oh, there. You that's washed going up, too far. Man. <laughs> that's going. That's going too far. Just hang it up, man. You, no, I'm you out the game. I'm washed. You out the game, man. I'm washed, but this is. This, I'm not going to get an honest review. I mean, look at that. That's my problem. I'm not going to get an honest Red review. onions and jalapenos. So you mean to tell? So, so you looking at not, that they, and they saying it's not going to be good? Yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to get an honest review from Figgy. That's what I'm worried you about. You looking at that saying, Nah, that ain't it. <laughs> yeah, I am. You wilding, man. I am. I'm gonna go get me a turkey leg, a sausage on a stick, maybe even a cheesecake on a stick, and it's gonna be the same yeah. price as those fries. Yeah. Hey, hey, stick in that. It. Hey, just stick in that lane, man. Let True. Me get a, let me get a big corn dog, please. Oh, thank you very much. Oh, wow, there's cheesecake on a stick. Yeah, let me get one of those. Corn dog for a corny dude. Oh wow, <laughs> you, you oh, stay over there, man. Oh wow, twisted taters. Let me get some twisted taters and spray some ketchup and stuff on it. <laughs> maybe like a side of cheese. Man, that is a lot. <laughs> That is a lot. I'm excited, man. You down with it? I, I, I It would have to be a whole <laughs> You're meal. You're a little older, too, man. No, so I'm saying, I, I understand if you don't want to go in there. No, no, I, I wouldn't. I like spicy food. No, and, I do, too, but and, and, that's a lot. And I, but I, my thing is that would be like the whole meal. Like, I would have to skip But lunch. see, the thing is, this is the only time it's happening. Yeah. It's not like it's going to the store or anything. It's only at Rodeo. Yeah. So you got to try it. Rodeo is for gluttony, though. I don't know. Like, unless, like, I mean, uh, unless like, y'all too washed up. Carn- <laughs> Carnival. Last year, I had a pork belly, bacon wrap pork belly on a stick. Oh, ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah, that's a good uh, thing. That's good. That. This is a, a lot, good though. thing. <laughs> that's good. A good thing. Yeah, I get down with that. On the Christ. text line, the 832, Landry would want a huge corn dog. That's really good one. Dude. Yeah. Like, oh, my <laughs> God. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Thought of that himself. Oh, my God. <laughs> big corn dog. Oh, my God. You got me, man. Because nobody likes corn dogs. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> I had a venison burger day before yesterday. Man, that was good. Woo. Woo. Where at? I made it. Oh, God. Of course I made it. What are, you, what are you thinking? My guy, Captain Dean, gave me some venison, ground venison meat. I put just about a two-thirds it's of that. better than beef. It's leaner. It's really delicious. But it's good. I put two-thirds of that and then about a third of 80-20 beef because uh, you needed some of that fat. Woo! Baby, it was Living good. on the wild side. Hey, man. I was living on the wild side. It was delicious. Venison. Say I'm washed. Beef. Hey, Venison hamburger, man. It's okay to be washed. I, some washateria in there, yeah. man. You, get, you, give me $30, you give me $30 to go to the there. I'm not. I'm, I'm be, I'd. I respect your establishment, but I ain't. I ain't. I ain't, I ain't hey, man, that. that's two heavyweights, man. Trill burgers and killings. Yeah. Hey, that's fine. Yeah, 
That's See on good. the sideline, man. I am. I'm That's the big the dogs line. right there. You, hey. <laughs> you Toto. Hey, I'm in the background. Stay over there, Toto. I'm in the background. Yeah, Figgy, I'm like, is, Figgy is feeling it I'm today. like Chad in the Neptunes, I've man. I've never heard Figgy like this. I'm like Chad. Well, because he, he knows he's not going to give me an honest review. So I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm upset he's not giving me an honest review. No, I'm actually shocked. You think that look, that that don't look good. And then they put it on the burger too, like the 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 legendary Trill Burger Smash Burger, mm-hmm. which is the, which is the face of fast food establishments here. It is off the hook. Everybody wants to have it. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. We're throwing brisket on it, bro. <laughs> Bun, you got the you got the tin out there. You got all that. We're throwing brisket on it, sir. Th- that by they itself, got, they if got, I skip lunch, I could do. They got brisket on it. They got an on onion the burger and the oh, onion well, ring. No, on a burger, no. No, no he's no, putting no, the brisket no, on the burger. No, and the he's onion not, ring. He's not making like a brisket sandwich. He's putting the no. brisket on a burger. Don't put a brisket on burger. I'm not yeah. a big fan of bacon on a burger. He's putting an onion ring, too. And I know that's yeah. blasphemous. It's called the, um, that's called the trilling. The chili on a burger? The trilling no. burger. Don't put chili on a burger. No, none of that crap. And I'm a huge blue cheese fan. Don't put blue cheese on a, on a burger. That's what we got, man. Don't do it. This is where we are. That's what we got. Spoiler alert. It's going to be fantastic, man. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all need to go to McDonald's or something. Get that 99-cent burger then. Shoot. I don't know when the last wish, time you I went wish to it McDonald's. Was still 99 yes. cents. I, don't, I don't know when the last time <laughs> you went to McDonald's. Clearly, I ain't been if I think it's 99 cents. Yeah, you're, da- you're way out. You're probably, you're probably a couple dollars off with the McDoubles now. <laughs> Coming up, the must-keeps for the Texans, and could there be a new target on the market that we're all too familiar with? In the Loop continues next. Peggy, let's hit him big time. Houston, let's get in the loop. All the jokes are coming fast and furious every time y'all talk about this guy. With Landry Locker. Landry, I mean, you're going to be in midday forever now. And John Lopez. On occasion, Lopez makes a statement that's so ludicrous. It makes me pick my phone up and call you guys. You're in the loop on Houston's Sports Leader. Your champ, 6 p.m. Sports Radio 6 <laughs> D'Amico Ryans, he wants Devin Singletary back. This is what he said yesterday at the NFL Combine right here on Sports Radio 610. Yeah, very pleased with Devin. I remember sitting in a free agent visit with Devin and just, man, his personality, his demeanor, it was a guy I knew I wanted to work with right away. Right, Devin is made of the right stuff. He's a hard worker. He's a leader. He shows up every day in practice with a great attitude, and the guys around him feed off of that. Right, so Devin was a great guy. We'll see what happens in free agency, but we'd, we'd love to have Devin back just because of what he brought to our team. He was uh, he was definitely a bright spot for us in that running back room. I just don't see him getting a better opportunity elsewhere. It, it was what he was brought here to do. I, I don't see him getting much more opportunity elsewhere. I think it's going to make sense even when, not if, when they add a free agent running back to go back to Devin Singletary and see what's up. I don't think that if you sign Saquon or whoever, it prevents you from signing Devin Singletary for a few million dollars. I just don't, I don't believe that you have to choose between one or the other, especially with how the layout of the, of the roster is right now. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to say, well, you're going to pay 20 million for Mike Evans because of the layout of the roster or Mm -hmm. something like that. Yeah. But given Devin Singletary three and a half, four, whatever million dollars to to run it back as the backup and still get a lot of touches, I I don't think that I don't think you're prevented from doing that by going and getting another running back, and I don't think he's going to get a situation 
that is more appealing than being the backup at a place he already knows because I don't I don't see anyone making him their starting running back next year. Yeah, no one will do that. But I think there is that last part that you talked about. I think there is a limited number of teams that can offer him the same thing that the Texans can offer uh, because he's not in the business of, uh, I mean, he knows what winning is now. I mean, he did before, obviously, in Buffalo, but uh, but I'm saying he, he knows that the Texans can win, and I don't think that's going to change. He's not going to just get money whipped by a mediocre team. So I think there's a, there's a number of teams like the Texans that can put him in that role. So it's not just the Texans. You know, he does – we will have options, but it's limited. But it's limited, and it's also not what he's familiar with. Correct. So that's yeah. that. That's something that I think – I think he's comfortable here. He always seemed yeah. very happy when, yeah. when we spoke with him uh, and when they spoke about him. So I don't – like, yeah, maybe you can have a similar-ish role, but you don't know what you're getting into. Right. And you know what you're doing here. Mm-hmm. Dalton Schultz, that's another one that we've uh, talked about. I know Sean Pendergast has thrown out the uh, question as to whether or not the Texans should franchise tag Dalton Schultz. Boy, Sean loves this squad, doesn't he? He loves this squad. I mean, goodness. Sean and Seth both. Running back. No, I I don't know if Seth does. I think Seth is more like improve the roster like all the way around. But, man, Sean, between uh, wanting to give Nico Collins 25 mil and Dalton Schultz, I think, what is it, 11-13? Yeah. Man, he wants to – he wants to put about forty million in your uh, your your tight end and wide receiver. I mean, you better save some for Dieter Isolin. <laughs> Does he know what he's saying? Here is uh, D'Amico though talking about <laughs> Dalton Schultz. Yeah, Dalton did a really nice job for us in the passing game. Two minute drives where we were able to win a few games. Dalton really showed up in a situational football third down. He showed up making big catches for us. So we'll see what happens with Dalton in free agency. But I'm very, very proud of what he did for us last year. See, um, the the franchise tag conversation about Dalton Schultz. I, okay, I mean, I I don't want to dismiss what Dalton Schultz has done, and, and I understand that the tight end market is is slim pickings. It seems like, but when we start talking about you know eleven, twelve million, is that is that really is it is it that serious with Dalton without Dalton Schultz? I think it's serious without a tight end in this offense. Yeah, but you can find. I mean, and 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 it's it's a matter of who can you find. Yeah, I get. Uh, John U. Smith, we're very familiar with him. This was Mark Vandermeer. This was John U. Smith a few years ago. This was Mark Vandermeer uh, back when before John U. Smith. He's been on two teams since, but this was Mark Vandermeer calling a John U. Smith touchdown. Second and two at the Titan 39. Mariota to throw. Here comes pressure. He gets rid of it over the middle very well. Smith, 50, 45, 40 of Houston. The 30, the 25, 20, 15, 10, still going, and he's all the way to the end zone. He had 50 catches last year for 532 yards, three touchdowns, six catches against the Texans. I wonder if maybe he's a name that they're intrigued by with uh, John U. Smith. Around the same age, probably a little bit more explosive. I, I don't think either one of them are like the, the prototypical blocking tight end. But, but I just I do wonder like if Bobby Slowick or D'Amico Ryan's like any of these other tight ends. Absolutely. Uh, I wonder that uh, Hunter Henry is another one that has been mentioned as a free agent. Yeah. Um, and, and you'll hear his name Noah again fan. in a little bit. Um, I, I feel like they're going to have to get a tight end for this offense in free agency. I don't think a tight end in the draft is their priority. No, I, mean, I think it, it, if it falls yeah. in their lap, it falls in their lap. Yeah. Like if they get an opportunity to, to pounce on a tight end, I think they're going to do that. But I think they're going to try to set it up to where they have at least a guy who they feel comfortable starting, and they feel comfortable about Schultz. Yeah. I just when it, when it comes to 
I, I don't think Nick Casario is going to let the market decide whether or not he overpays someone. The franchise tag is one thing because that's mm-hmm. a one-year thing. Mm-hmm. But what is it? Twelve? Yeah. But a three-year commitment to Dalton Schultz does that seem does that seem a little crazy? See, to that's you? why I don't. I'm not opposed to a tag on him. It's more. What did he make? Nine last year? Like seven to seven. Was it to seven? Eight, nine something like uh, that. Less than ten. It's not. You know, and I'm and I'm not here spending freely. I've said that repeatedly. But I think when you compare an extra two or three million dollars versus a three-year deal, I'll pay the two or three million dollars. Well, the other thing is, like last year, the only reason he got here is because the market spoke to him. Yeah, and they said, okay, now it makes sense. Are they going to let the market speak to him? And now you're going to over. I don't know. Like, what do you think the value is of Dalton Schultz? That's the question I'll ask people on the text line. Like, seven one three five seven two four six ten. Do you think that the the value of Dalton Schultz is such to where if he leaves, you're just screwed? Now, last year when Dalton Schultz was out, it sucked. But you had Brevin Jordan, you had Andrew Beck, and, and Tegan Quitteriano was hurt. So yeah. yeah, you were thin at the position. So you you clearly you're thin this year. Missed him. Yeah, and, and they're going to have to do something about mm-hmm. that. Isn't there a, a real sort of Devin Singletary correlation here? Like you you know you, you you can let him walk, and you can find another Dalton Schultz type. The the mar- I don't know if they can though. I, I was going to say the, the market is just smaller. Like you can. You hate to say dime a dozen because these are professional athletes, but you can find a Devin Singletary, whether it's via the draft in a later round or the streets or, or, or whatever. That it, Timing is everything for Dalton Schultz. He picked a good time to be a free agent. Like, it's a really good time for him to be a free agent because there's just not a lot of them out there. Landry Larker, John Lopez, Figgy Fig with you here on Houston Sports Leader, Sports Radio 610. Coming up, who they want, who they want. Baseball Spo, Adam Spillane, what the heck are we doing with Jordan Alvarez in the two-hole? I got a feeling... Baseball Spo is about to get analytic on us. We'll let you know, though, coming up next. We're making the stories from outside the loop matter to you. This is Localize It. Don't you know I'm local? You're in the loop on Houston's Sports Leader. Sports Radio 610. Who they want? Who they want? Who they want? Adam Spillane in the building. We're a month away. Astros opening the season against the Yankees. Jordan Alvarez in the two-hole. How do we feel about that? I mean, the game has evolved. And I know know people like Landry would like to see you get the leadoff man on, bunt him over, and then try and drive him in that way. But while Landry maybe has not evolved, baseball (laughs) has evolved. And so, uh, no, it, it is... It, there's a bit of an analytical approach, and it's just simply you get your best player between 40, 50 extra plate appearances every year. That's, 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 that's what I mentioned to Landry. It's got to yeah. be just more at bats. Yeah, that, that's basically that's basically the sole reasoning for it. Um, and it, it also allows them to, if they want to, they can split up the two lefties uh, at the top of the order and still keep them in the top four. And the last couple of years, you'd always maybe had Kyle Tucker bat fifth because Dusty Baker was a little reticent to hit those two guys back to back. So, mm-hmm. so you support this? That's fine. I, I, you know I mean, me. It's fine. Do you, you know like me. it or not? You know me. I don't really like worry about the batting order. You know what I mean? It just—it's never been like something that I get all upset over. I'm not like a lot of people. You don't worry about the batting order. No, it's whatever. Guys are gonna hit. If they, if they <laughs> hit, they important. hit. It's kind of important. If they hit, they hit. I mean, yeah. it, ma- it matters though, right? I guess. The, so, what would your lineup be? What, what, let's... No, I, I think I think the way that they're doing it is fine. 
I, I really do. Um, I, I've always liked the idea of maybe Bregman in the leadoff spot just because of his ability to work counts and really make a pitcher work early, mm-hmm. but doesn't really have the speed. And, you know, Altuve obviously is really good when it comes to just ambushing pitchers to start games. So I think it, I think it's fine the way that they've done it. The bottom of the lineup is a little tenuous, uh, though, all of a sudden. Now, that would have been the case no matter... Yeah, you know, that's, no, that's every yeah, team. Yeah, no matter where, but... but uh, so it's going to be Altuve, Alvarez, uh, Ta- uh, Bregman, Tucker. Yes. And then you get into... Abreu. Jose Abreu. Yeah. Yiner, uh, Diaz. Yiner. McCormick. Then McCormick, Pena, and Myers. Yes. On, on the days where they DH Alvarez. Yeah. And then there will be days where... Alvarez is playing left field, and you can have another DH. You can bring, you know, maybe DH Caratini sometimes, or you know, maybe you bring some other guy off the bench. So yeah, they they have other options. I'm going to ask you about something that's not numbers related or spring training related. Landry and I, I think we said it off air. Landry said something along the lines of, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, so correct me, Landry, if I'm wrong. But something along the lines of, I'm kind of worried that this is going to be a year where the Astros fall off. And I said, you know what? Me too. And I don't know why. We're that That's based on nothing. When did I say this? You said it off air yesterday. You said you think maybe that they're going to... And I'm paraphrasing. Fall off. Uh, like, they're not going to be that dominant team. No, I think they're going to... I think the bullpen's going to keep them, keep them in more games don't, than don't it's crawfish not. now, man. No, I don't think I said this. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember well, then, saying this. To whom did I say I do too? I have no idea. It wasn't you. I picked them to win 90 last year. How many did they win? 90. Okay. <laughs> um, okay yeah. Which, that, by the way, was a fall off. If you think yeah. about it, I mean, yeah, they, yeah. They, they lost more than that's what double digit. I think they'll be. I think they'll be year. in that range this year. I don't know about fall off. I, I do think I'm. I, I think. I think you. I think we might have been talking about the starting pitching. Maybe. I think I might have said that. I think the starting pitching is going to fall. Maybe off. that's what it was. And I said I do too. Uh, but I, I, think, I said Presley was going to fall off. Yeah, I said I, I think Presley is going to decline hard this year. Why? I just—it's a different role. There were there were times last year where it, it just felt a lot more stressful than than I felt it needed to be. There were times where there were warts. I just feel, I just feel like Presley is going to kind of come tumbling down this year. Yeah, I, I don't. There's nothing that I saw from Presley that makes me think that. I think that he was. You know, he, he gave up more base runners last year than he had in the past. Sometimes, though, that's just luck that goes into it more than anything. I thought I thought the stuff was fine. I thought he was able to stay healthy. I thought the velocity was okay. So yeah. there's, there's nothing that would make me think that Presley's going to fall off, just that he's older. You know, well, he's a year older. That's the only thing. My, my bigger point is, and, and, but no, but, and I, I have no science behind this, no stats, no data, no spring training. It's just new manager, uh, 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 aging players, especially Jose Abreu. I'm worried about him. I mean, you know, did, was it lightning in a bottle that he caught at the end of the year, or or, or, or is that what he is? Um, you know, who knows about the bottom of the line? I just, there's nothing behind it about, like, except maybe, like, just kind of a sinking feeling that, you know, time is catching up. Well, it's going to happen at some point. And you were, you were around for the 06, 07, 08, 09 Astros when they completely fell off a cliff. I, I don't think that that's going to happen here. I do think that the offense will be fine just because – even if Abreu is bad, as long as those guys at the top stay healthy, they're going to be they're going to be okay and they're going to hit. Mm-hmm. And the expectation is that Jose Altuve won't miss half the season. Jordan Alvarez won't miss sixty games or whatever it was. Yeah. So that's important that 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 that's the case. I would be. I think the starting pitching though is an area of concern, just because even if Verlander is healthy for opening day, which he doesn't seem like he will be at this point, mm-hmm. he's forty one. And yeah. just talking to a scout last year, I was talking to a scout back in September. He's like. For me, he's a three, and that's kind of I think that's right. Yeah. And and I, and I think that that is you're probably going to see that more. And it's 
you know, the stuff isn't the same. Um, the stamina isn't the same. The, the one thing that this scout told me that keeps him to the level that he's at mm-hmm. is just how competitive he is. Yeah. But he's not the same. He's 41. He, there's going to be a drop-off. Nobody can, like, what he did in 2022 with a sub-2 ERA, that's never happening again. And I, he knows that that's never happening again. Mm-hmm. So the key is, can Framber Valdez step up and give you a full season? Can Christian Javier step up and give you a full he's season? He's lost some weight. Um, can Jose Arquiti stay healthy and give you a full season? Like, can Hunter Brown take that next step? Do they have somebody else who can step Man, in maybe, when one of those guys right, <laughs> when one of those guys eventually? You were talking gets hurt. pitching, and I took it as the team. Yeah, so uh, that's that's you know one of the things that they need to address. Are we good on Framber? Because because of all that stuff, like that's a lot of big ifs. I, I just thought that that could be our certainty. Where mm-hmm. yeah, this is going to be your top guy. Like, are we good there? He should be. Uh, again, I haven't seen it yet, and he started out last season great. He was probably the Cy Young favorite at the all-star break and then he fell off a cliff. So it, it's one thing to do it for three months. It's another thing to do it for six. Yeah. The good thing for the Astros is that he's done it for six in the past. So you know that it's there. Mm-hmm. Adam's Forrest going Whitley's, with us. Forrest Whitney's a wash. Here on In the Loop Sports Center 610. He's got to be. I mean, they have, they're not expecting anything from him at this point. He's already been shut down in spring. He's a reliever if he does make the team. It's, it's basically for him a make or break type of thing. That was the last two years was too. They they were able to get an extra option year out of it too. So yeah, I, it, it's baffling to me just because I remember I'm at a they played an exhibition game against the Pirates mm-hmm. right before the 2019 season at Minute Maid, and Whitley started it, and he was pretty good that game. And you just kind of imagine, okay, he's going to go down to AAA for you know a month, maybe a month and a half, and then he'll be right back up. And here we are five years later, and he still hasn't pitched in the big leagues. It's it's one of the more there are a few others that I can compare it to, but it is one of the more confounding cases that I think that I've ever seen. He's been in the organization since 16. 2016. Since 2016, he's he, been he was in the drafted, organization. He was drafted the year after Bregman was drafted. Think about that. Good Lord. The year he was 2016. Bregman made his debut in the major leagues. What, a month and a half after they drafted Forrest Whitley? Yeah. And Whitley's just kind of been in this AAA limbo injury list for a long time now. Good Lord. It's unfortunate for him just because he's worked hard and you feel bad for the guy. Well, sure. But it's just it's just how it's been. It just hasn't been meant to be so far. So you're hoping that he can be healthy and that he can make some sort of an impact somewhere, whether it's with the Astros or with another team. What's the state of this division? Adam Splane with us here on In the Loop Sports Radio 16, about a month away, away from the start of the Strohs. What is what is the state of the the AL West? Um, the A's are really bad, and they will be very bad. The Angels are probably one of the two more hopeless situations in the entire sport. And then you have the Mariners and Rangers, and I don't really know what to make of Seattle because they had a, a strange offseason where they they salary dumped some guys, but then really didn't bring in any one of a whole lot of impact. Um, but they should still be good, and they've got a lot of pitching. And then you have Texas, who really didn't do anything over the offseason, and they've lost one of their, at least so far, they've lost one of their best starters with Jordan Montgomery. I don't know if they plan on re-signing him. And they're just kind of banking on DeGrom and Scherzer being healthy over the summer to really mm-hmm. help that staff. they they got a lot of young talent, though, on that team. They've got a lot of guys that they can trade to make upgrades with on that roster, or they can just bring them up like they did with Evan Carter. So mm-hmm. uh, I think right now there's oh, yeah, a— I forgot about him. <laughs> yeah, there's, a, there's a very clear top three within the division, and the good thing for them, because obviously only one team can win the division, the other two can still make the playoffs because they should be able to rack up a lot of wins against the A's and Angels. So no problem with Alvarez in the two-hole. It's good. No.
Stargate. It's fine. Batting... Again, we, we don't want the second guy anymore, Landry. I'm sorry. Well, we should. <laughs> we should. We should be playing small ball all the time. But Play for the one. Play for one. We will not do it. Got to got to bunt. Adam is the most anti-bunting mofo I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it's just logic. Sorry. <laughs> hey, first and second, no outs. Babe Ruth's bunting for me. Okay, well, uh, enjoy the unemployment, buddy. King, <laughs> King Griffey, hey. Hey. Here's the sign right here on the list, buddy. <laughs> You're bunning. Spo, we appreciate you. Looking forward to it. Appreciate you very much, man. Hey, it's, it's almost March. Yes, it is. And I'm just grinding college hey. basketball right yeah, now. Yeah, we're going to get into the tournament with you. You're going to be our You're going to be our tournament expert. Got leap day tomorrow, man. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm going to start something. I'm, I'm going to start a uh, I'm gonna start a March Madness poll, but I'm going to do it. It's going to be the no ball poll. It's not. It's going to be no ball and have a life poll to where after week one, hundred dollar mm-hmm. buy in sweet sixteen bracket, so that people get a get get a couple chances to scout. It's still fun. Yeah. No, we're that's not. What, that's what the conference tournaments no, are for. You, you scout no, during the season not, and during the conference tournaments. We're not going to be pro Adam Spillane's watching Fox Sports two Chattanooga versus <laughs> any of that. It's the no ball poll. Hundred dollars sweet sixteen. Watch South Carolina Mississippi yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Oh boy, South Carolina can defend. Mm-hmm. And, and Mississippi State just watching them against Kentucky last this night. Is. They got a big. Really good to lose Smith. Yeah, Watch out for him. This is what I'm saying. I'm wait, I'm Sweet counting 16. on you. I'm counting on counting on you. Adam. Sweet sixteen. We'll wait for that. Coming up, are the biggest names being mentioned with the Texans? Are they even going to hit the market? They might not. Talk about it next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. J. 
Joe Shane, GM of the New York Giants. We've talked about Saquon Barkley and the franchise tag, all that. I, I don't know if he's just partaking in lying season or what, but this was what he said. He was with uh, Jonathan Jones of CBS Sports. This is what he said about Saquon Barkley. Plan all along has been to meet with his representatives here in Indianapolis. Again, I, I've had conversations with Saquon. He knows how we feel about him. We've been going through this for quite some time since, you know, November of 22 was the first time we've tried to get a longer-term deal done with him. So sure. it's been a, it's been a long process, and look forward to getting. He has a new uh, new agent, Ed Berry, with CAA, and uh, he, he's got a great reputation. We have a good relationship, and I look forward to sitting down with him and let's get a feel. Like, you know, does he want to be in New York? We want him to be here. You know, what does a fair deal look like to him? Again, we've we've went through this before we've been through the song and dance it shouldn't it shouldn't be a prolonged situation and we'll see if we can actually get something done this time so a long-term deal is absolutely on the table from a giant's perspective yeah that's on the table i mean everything's on the table you know i know you know the franchise tag could be on the table the you know again where it was the franchise number last year to where it is now and what we owe them it's 155,000 to 200,000 dollar difference if you were going to tag a running back first time this year so it's really not much difference than what the original tag is this year on the second tag so um, we're not going to rule anything out those are all conversations we're going to continue to have and again he's he means a lot to the franchise he's been a really good player for a long time and he's a guy we'll see if we can get something done all right I, I don't believe that I, I think Saquon Barkley is going to be on the market but but he is at least I mean I don't think he wants to put it out there that they're just completely going to move on but we'll see they're, they're going to meet with his representatives and then we'll see I, the franchise tag thing appears to be something that is not going to happen couple things that he said there that I thought are, were important if you kind of read between the lines and that's what we do because it is as you just said for the first time this year and I'm going to say for the first time this year lying season uh, it, 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 we're in the midst of it that's it, it happens every year but he said we've we started negotiating with him November 22nd of 2022 yeah, that's a long time that is a long time that is a long time. That tells you something, doesn't it? That tells you that they have been at odds. They have been uh, they they've had separate uh, separate uh, versions of what uh, he's worth. And then he said something else that that you can't let this slide. It's important. He just hired a new agent. When you hire a new agent in any sport, that's for one purpose and one purpose alone: to get a deal to get you a deal. And 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 what's the best way to get that deal? Sure, he can go with the Giants, but free agency is the best way to get that that big deal. So, so those two little elements in, in his comments there were kind of telling to me. The projection yesterday that made the rounds um, on PFF was three years, 36, with uh, 20 mil guaranteed for Saquon Barkley. I would do that. How about Sean doubling down? He I is do that. dug in. Pendergast, what'd he do? He said, said no. Nope. Yeah. Well, good for him. Um, Dude, $12 million a year? I think he wants to bring back Daria Gumbawale. <laughs> he, he seems to want to bring back every Texan. Like, and you got to save money most. for Dieter uh, Iselin. <laughs> Got to keep some keep some aside. He wants to pay Nico twenty five and Dalton franchise, but he won't tag, pay Saquon Barkley twelve million. It seems it seems it seems rather, given the only twenty mil I, in the potential impact, it seems like a decent deal. I I would be down with that. Now, Mike Evans, another uh, another name out there, Mike Evans. I I, I got to talk to you about something after this yeah. uh, when it comes to Mike Evans. Okay. You, you need to you need to come clean there, buddy. Well, come clean about what? I'm always honest L with you. Let's hear from Todd Bowles first. This this is Todd Bowles. Uh he's talking to the great Peter Schrager uh of NFL Network. Good morning football. 
Here's Todd Bowles talking about Mike Evans. Where do we stand with Evans as we head towards another league year? Oh, he had a career year last year. He sure year. did. Obviously, he had a heck of a year, and he's been doing it for a decade now. And, you know, obviously we want him to retire as a buck, and everything we're trying to do and put all our resources to sign him back as well because Mike is great for the community, he's great for the team, he's great for the guys, and he's a heck of a ball player. All right, there you go. Whatever. Um, we'll, we'll see how that goes, sir. Uh, y'all, y'all got some situations to handle uh, in Tampa Bay money. It seems like everybody on their, on their squad is, is leaving or they're having to figure out, move stuff around all that. It just doesn't seem like the ideal scenario. So we'll see what happens with Mike Evans and what the market speaks to him. Um, Devin white looks like he's going to hit free agency. Uh, Shaq Barrett, he got released. So, so Tampa Bay's in an interesting, they're kind of in that tweener, rebuild or keep it going type of situation. John, I got to talk to you, man. I'm here, man. You, you've got to just admit and just go all in. Don't tiptoe. You want Mike Evans, no matter what, let's just, let's just get this done. Let's just, let's just put it out there. Let's not let you have your cake and eat it too. You got to admit, you just want Mike Evans. When we started this whole free agency conversation shortly after the season ended, what was the first name I mentioned? And one that I said I would love because of his speed, because of his, oh, I don't know, separation. I think we heard that yesterday from the head coach. That was Gabe Davis. Mm -hmm. I said Gabe Davis from the start. But I am not opposed to Mike Evans. And there is a, like, you know how you kind of cheer for yourself in this business, pulling back the curtain? Like when you have an opinion that everybody, this is why you're saying this. Everybody is like, you're, you're confronting with someone or two people who happen to have a morning show or whatever. Uh, you kind of start cheering for yourself. Yeah. Because you want to be right. Yeah. That's what we do in this. Right business. about what, though? Uh, about 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 being able to afford both these guys. Okay. Yeah. And and so I, I've said from the very start, Gabe Davis. Yeah. I love Mike Evans. I've said that from the start, too. I would love for them to sign Mike Evans. You know, I wouldn't – I would be thrilled if they signed Mike Evans. So – I'm not. I'm not all in on Mike Evans by any stretch, and I and I've been consistent with that. Yesterday, from, from with the Demico, very start, though, you were. I mean, it was well. Yes. It was blatantly obvious. Oh, he wants a receiver who can separate. Mike Evans. Yeah. Oh, he wants a good person. Mike Evans. Yes. No. I. I mean, how can I not notice that when he said that? But I. But I. I sure, it was it Gabe Davis? No, he was talking about. I don't know. But I will admit this: if we're if we're being completely honest, I will admit this: I am pulling for Mike Evans more just so I could be right. Like I'm pulling for me. You know, we all do that. Like, you make a prediction. Just right about them you, being able to afford him or what? Uh, no, to, 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 to show Sean and Seth a thing or two. <laughs> because, like, you you know, you you with the 90 wins on the Astros. You were pulling for 90 wins. No, I was pulling for 162. No, no, I'm saying, but once it got it became clear, 162. I was pulling for 162 um, dubs. Okay, Astros, Twitter. Um no, but like once it became obvious, you're like, dude, I pre- I predicted ninety. You start pulling for yourself. Well, I mean, I predicted the win total before that too, but you know, it, yeah. it, it you know, it just kind of happens. See what I mean, Figgy? Yeah. I mean, it just happens. You're illustrating I mean, you hit the it. nail on the head twice. It happens. You're you know? illustrating yeah. it, it right now. You you were pulling for yourself. This happens, man. When uh, they got the ninety, like, oh, yeah. please don't win another game. Somebody around here nah, predicted ninety. I wasn't doing that. <laughs> don't win no more games. I need ninety on the dot. I wasn't doing. So that. to answer your question, it's two parts: Gabe Davis and Mike Evans. I'm all in. If they happen to sign Mike Evans and happen to sign Saquon Barkley, I'm going to walk in here um, with my chest out. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to walk in here with my chest out. Landry Locker, John Lopez, uh, Figgy Fig, with you here on Houston Sports Leader Sports Radio six ten. Now, 
John Lopez has a game of Would You Rather, free agency edition. John Lopez, the floor is yours. Let's play some games. Uh, let's get, let, let, me, let me ask you this question on Would You Rather. Figure you in, you're in on this. We got a lot of names that are out there. Uh, a lot of things, the decisions to be made, most of them on the free agency uh, edition. All right. So would you rather Jonathan Grenard or Chase Young? Uh, Probably Chase Young. He might be cheaper. I think Chase Young's the new clowny. I, I think I saw the market value one year, $12 million. Kind of unrealized potential. And I would love to see what D'Amico could get from him. Yeah, I would say Chase Young, too. That makes it unanimous. Uh, I, I would much rather have Chase Young and cheaper uh, altogether. Steven Nelson or Xavier Howard? Um, Xavier Howard. I'm going with X. Me, too. Yeah, I want to move on from Steven This is Nelson. telling, man. This is very telling about uh, signing your own, etc. Would you rather tag... Dalton Schultz or Jonathan Grenard? Uh, neither. If you had to tag one, I guess Schultz. I mean, Grenard's that's twenty one million dollars. Twenty three. I'm, I'm not giving. I'm not giving Jonathan Grenard twenty three million dollars. Yeah, I think it's twenty three. It's terrible. Yeah, I go with Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz for that reason, and and also because I think that'll give you another year to to see what the the tight end market might do. Acquire Patrick McQu- Patrick Queen. Why do I always say McQueen? Patrick Queen or draft a linebacker in the first round? Um, uh, draft a linebacker in the first round. I don't want to pay Patrick Queen that. Yeah, I would draft a, draft a linebacker. Dude, we're unanimous on all these. Sign Derrick Henry on a one-year deal or Austin Eckler on a three-year deal? Um... Derrick Henry. Yeah, Derrick Henry. Me too. This is crazy. Sign, re-sign Dalton Schultz or sign Hunter Henry? Um, I guess I'll re-sign Dalton Schultz. Yeah, I would re-sign Dalton Schultz. All right, we're finally different. I think I'd rather sign Hunter Henry. I really do. Uh, I think a, a, a little younger. And you recall yesterday, um, D'Amico Ryan said, talking about Dalton Schultz, oh, he really helped us in the passing game. Um, I think we need the blocking of Hunter Henry. I think he's a more complete tight end. I think I'd go with Hunter Henry over Dalton Schultz. All due respect. Gabe Davis or Mike Evans? I guess Mike Evans. <laughs> yeah, Mike Evans. You know how I am. I said Gabe Davis from the start, but I think if you know why you love him so if much, if you're looking at because he can fly and he's really a touchdown machine. Um, I'm gonna say Mike Evans though. Uh, uh, I guess if I had to pick, like, who would you rather be here? You know, right away and help the team right away. I would say Mike Evans is more proven. Would you rather run it back with Jalen Petrie or sign a safety, specifically Antoine Winfield? I mean, that's expensive. That's 11 mil. Uh, I, I, I would rather have Antoine Winfield. If they decide to invest heavily in safety, I think that's proactive. I would be good with it. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I would take Winfield. Give it to me. So we, it's telling because we're all in agreement on all of them except for the Derrick Henry or, or Dalton Schultz thing. Like Chase Young, Xavier Howard, tag Schultz, draft a linebacker, uh, Derrick Henry. All these things point to one thing. You can sign Mike Evans and Saquon Barkley if you make these moves. You won't let this go, will you? No, I'm just saying you can. You will not. You will not let this Saquon and Mike Evans I, go. I, I'm not making the decisions, but I'm saying you can, especially if you if you make these decisions. Chase Young is cheaper. <laughs> All that stuff. You will not let it go, Frankie. I'm, I'm saying you can. I'll it, move past it. It's available. You know that you you put my new opinion with Sean with the, of of the day. Uh, I the the Sean franchise tag thing. I think is interesting with Dalton Schultz because I think it's a good thing. But Lopez ain't going to move past this Mike Evans Saquon no, thing, no, is he? I, I, I told them, hey, I'm done with this. We've done this for three days. I'm done yeah, with this. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not going down that road again. You just did. I, all I said was you Twice. can sign them. All I said is you can sign. I'm not picking on Sean and Sam. You basically just played a game just so you could say you were yes, right about it. Yes, yes, I did. <laughs> yes, you started off with it, and then you just played a game just to double down. But no, you're not letting no. this go. I didn't know what y'all's answers would be. You're not. You're not letting this, this go. Was, this was a the Mike Evans. We can't. We can't let this go. This was a scientific study, an unscientific study, <laughs> that would prove that you can do exactly what I've been talking about. Because Chase Young is cheap. You know who knows with Xavier Howard. You can draft a linebacker. You don't have to sign Patrick Queen. You think I just did this willy nilly? I knew exactly what was going on here. What I'm saying is, if you make these decisions, and they're all on the table for the Texans. You are, you have the resources to sign a running back like Saquon and a receiver like Evans. Like if you just make these decisions, you, you have the resources. I mean, is that the optimal? Is that the optimal decision though? Yes. I mean, you can make do, but is that the optimal decision? Absolutely. You agree with that? No, I don't agree with that. I, I mean, you've been I, saying I running back from the start, and you need another receiver. No, and, you and need you, you need receiver, but I don't know if it's like the optimal decision. I think it's the optimal. Help C.J. Stroud, man. Get C.J. Stroud all. The help he needs. Yeah, I think the offense needs to yeah. needs to be figured out for sure. But I don't, I don't know if that's the optimal decision. The running back is for sure. Yes, the optimal decision. I, I think signing a running back and then Singletary would be ideal for me. Um, so we'll we'll see how how that whole thing goes. Landry Locker, John Lopez. Uh, and Figgy Fig with you here on Houston Sports Leader Sports Radio 610. We're going to hear from old Nick Casario. You think, I think they're going to get a recharge, Nick, at the Combine. Uh, Relax, Nick. Well, I mean, D'Amico, D'Amico's been to the NFL Combine like as a coach twice, um, as a head coach. Last year, he basically had – he was at least riding shotgun in the draft, so he kind of had the keys to the draft. Mm-hmm. This year, he's got the defensive and offensive rookie of the year, so he feels good about himself. Yeah. Casario's had to take it on the chin a few times at the Combine as a GM. Yeah, he has. I mean, he's had to go in there with the Deshaun Watson stuff. He's had to go in there with... with a third-round pick. With, yeah. a, with no first-round <laughs> pick. He's had to go in there as the laughingstock of the league, and David Culley as his head coach, and then the ghost of Lovey Smith, like... This is like walking into whatever the routine is at the combine. Nick Casario walking in right now. I know he might sound the same, but my man's got to be feeling himself. 
He might be walking in there like Vince McMahon, which it might not be a good time to walk like I Vince McMahon. I almost said Vince McMahon earlier. Yeah, I, instead, I, don't know if I, I went with like chest out. Yeah, maybe, maybe we can just say Conor McGregor. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't, I don't know if you want George Jefferson. Wanna, yeah, someone. I don't think you want to walk like Vince McMahon these days. Yeah. But, man, he's got to be feeling himself. Mm-hmm. Like crazy. I got the offensive and defensive rookies of the year. Yeah. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, I got this going. What's I'm up, big guys? Dog. How y'all living? Yeah. Nick in the building. He's gonna do his thing. It, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be interesting to hear what, what old Casario sounds like now that he I don't I don't wanna say he has he's gonna have swagger or anything, but but Nick Casario is He's gonna have his kind of swagger. He's be kicking it a little bit. You know, he talks kind of subtly, like, well, we've been very successful with blah, blah, blah. In other words, I'm a badass because we got this. You know what I'm saying? He's just very subtle with it. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. He'll be in there. D'Amico's a right guy, though. D'Amico says right more than Casario now. He does. But it's just, after he does it like real quietly. Fire, though. He says it smooth. He says it quietly, he's yeah. Smi- he's spitting that fire up there. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. We'll go to the combine. We'll hear from old Nick Casario coming up at noon. Uh, Going to get a little uh, scouting report on some of these prospects from uh, from Aaron Taylor. Uh, he's also got an interesting project, I think, is – I guess I, – I don't know where this is going, but there's three teams that have embraced it. They're teaching young kids football type of thing. I so know what that is. This is so funny to me. You trying to sell this? <laughs> I I don't I don't even know what's well, going on. Well, let's ask. Him I'm about sold it. on let's, it. Yeah, let's ask. Yeah, let's him ask about it. Aaron. No, I'm not Landry sell selling it. me on it. Yeah. I, I ain't gonna sell yeah. you on nothing. That's yeah. his job to figure it out. What, what do you want to sell, buddy? Yeah, <laughs> not my job. But he, he covers he covers college ball. Um, and we'll talk to him about the state of college football. Uh, as well. That is next. Nick Casario coming up in the next forty minutes. Uh, We're getting you ready to hear Nick live at the Combine next. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. 
let's talk to Aaron Taylor, uh, CBS Sports. He knows a little bit about the combine, knows a little bit about uh, college football, and, and they got a pretty cool project going on uh, up there. Aaron Landry Locker, John Lopez, uh, Figgy Fig with you. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, brother. We are in full talking season. The combine's underway, and we're already looking forward to this year's upcoming season. So things are good. Do you uh are were you a combine guy? Like, do you like the NFL combine? There's a lot. There's a lot more coaches that are not attending. How do you feel about the combine as a resource? It's interesting. It's starting to diminish its value, almost like we saw in the NFL a couple of years ago, where the running back position started to be less and less valued. And that's because guys are starting to hold out. There was the issue last year with C.J. Stroud and some of the information that leaked out about how well he could process information based on the intelligence test in the S2 and whatever it was. So none of the quarterbacks are throwing. It, it becomes a uh, an event where what it used to be, the utility that it used to provide, no longer is the case. And that's why I think we're starting to see people participate from afar and not show up at all. And there's this increasing importance on the pro days that happen at the school, which tilt the playing field a little bit better to the players situation. I mean, a lot better uh, in some cases, especially quarterbacks. I mean, they, they drill, they have their familiar receivers. It's uh, it's scripted air quotes, uh, but they know what's coming. I mean, can you get a, is it just a matter of film and film these days for you? If you're scouting a quarterback? No, not at all. The, the film's where you start. You want to see what a guy can do and can't do. But I, I played in the huddle with a Brett Favre. And when he came into the huddle, you knew it. When he was in the building, you knew it. There's a presence that a quarterback has to have, that the most important player in the sport has to have. And that's that guy that walks into the building. So the intangibles, what type of swag and demeanor does he have? Does he shrink in social settings or is he the alpha and the guy that people kind of gravitate to and orbit around. Those are the things that you can start to get a little look into. Now, they've talked to the strength coach and the head coach and the position coaches. They've been to multiple practices for these guys, so they get a general sense of it. But you got to understand, this is a stressful environment. This is the moment that us as players, we look forward to. So there's some nerves that go on. So you do get to glean little intangibles about how a guy's going to show up and represent himself when there's a little bit of pressure and a lot of competition and unknown. So those interviews play a role. The health exams and medical exams play a huge role. The intangibles and the measurables at some point will, will play a role if you need to differentiate between player A and player B. But largely, the pro day has replaced the combine and probably appropriately so. I was a guy that couldn't compete at the combine because I got hurt in my bowl game and that's why we're now obviously seeing a lot of guys that are opting out of that because they're already looking forward. And that's just the world of NIL that we're looking at on the collegiate side. So there's a lot of things that are changing around the sport that we love. I want to I want to talk about that. Aaron Taylor joining us uh, here on In the Loop Sports Radio 610. Do you think that with this expanding college football playoff, do you think we're going to see players perhaps opting out of actual playoff games? Yes, and they're going to have to figure out a way to do some sort of revenue share to incentivize. Now, what we've seen with programs like Alabama and Georgia, those cultures require and extremely incentivize, if you will, their players to stick around. And that's because of who those coaches were and where they came out. So the Nick Sabans and the Bill Belichicks and that whole tree on that side is all about the process and it's all about being fully bought in. But we're seeing players that are opting out of those experiences. And when you think about it, 
what's the value add to a guy that's a potential first rounder to go play in a bowl game that he doesn't directly profit from and has only downside for what it is he's doing. Mm -hmm. And you look at all the transfers and the portal and all the movement that happens in the bowl games once the, the window opens, these are teams that are largely not the teams that we saw play in the fall, so they're almost exhibition games to a certain extent. While it's still a very good and popular product, there are some things behind the scenes that people are starting to look at because they're threatening to the integrity and the fabric of what it is we've had. So yes, and I think we're starting to see an acceleration towards the professionalization of college football, and that's just going to be one of the many ways, fellas, that that starts to to take place and become evident to those of us that are watching the sport transform. I'm, I'm curious on your your thoughts on the expanded playoff, and then immediately, almost immediately, they talk. Well, let, instead of twelve, let's maybe go to fourteen. I I never I never <laughs> thought I'll, I never thought I would like it, but I actually do like it, and and for one reason more than than anything else. College football is the, in my view, the second most popular sport uh, in this country, surpassing even baseball on a national scale and and the NBA on a national scale. So why not just make the most of it? I think fans can't can't get enough of it. There's no question about that. The sport's never been more popular than it's ever been. The premium that the sport has and athletics has on television, it's the only appointment viewing. Everything else gets downloaded, binged, DVR'd, TiVo'd, whatever it is you want to do. People are watching these things in different ways, but we all make sure we're sitting in that seat at 10 a.m. in California when the NFL's kicking off on Sunday and are watching all day Saturday if our alma mater or favorite team is going to be playing. There's not a bunch of other or any other content that's relevant that will put seats or put butts in the seats. So that's the premium. So the tail's kind of wagging the dog, and what we're starting to see is the networks, to a certain extent, driving the interest, driving the schedules, driving and playing a direct role in the expansion. And we saw it with the Big Ten, the successful model of the Big Ten partnering with three networks, one of which is CBS, is the NFL model. So everybody overplays just to participate because there's a finite amount of content that you can generate massive revenue on so that's why the conversations of man if we go from four to 12 and it's an exponential leap what is 14 add what is 16 add when do we get to 32 or a nice round number where we can have a full off season like we have in the nfl i think that's just a matter of time it's going to be when not if because of the money that's there to be made and that's what i think for those of us that are college football purists is the saddest piece because we're getting away from what I believe makes the sport at that level what it is. Talking to uh, Aaron Taylor, man, you just mentioned that 10 a.m. kicks. Oh, man. that's y'all, the best. Y'all, y'all live, y'all the live best. a crazy life out there in Cali, man. <laughs> Noon's good enough for me. 10 a.m., man, y- y'all are not watching pregame shows out there. I can assure that. <laughs> Hard to get your buzz on before uh, the pancakes are ready. Dude, y'all, you know got, y'all got the 9 a.m. college games, too. Yeah. Goodness gracious. It's brutal. But I, I tell you what, when I watch Monday Night Football on the East Coast, I got one eye open and I'm str- on the struggle bus, boys, yes. trying to be able to watch those primetime games. So <laughs> you give a little, you get a little. And I would, I'm an early morning dude, so I love the early start so I can have my evenings and afternoons. So you mentioned uh, the expansion of the game. I, I, I'd read about this a couple of times. I think we've actually mentioned it on the show. Uh, t- tell the people, because you can explain it better than I can, about this uh, future fans thing, which I, I think I saw that maybe the Ravens and Bengals, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, they've kind of embraced this as well, get, getting fans into football uh, early in life. 
Yeah, for sure. And I'm about anything that promotes the sport of football. I think we all are. And that's what Future Fans is. And I didn't know much about it. And a buddy of mine sent it to me. And he's like, man, this is a great way to connect with your kids and teach them football kind of in a, in a down low way that they'll enjoy. And I was like, what? So he sent it to me. And it's basically an innovative way to reimagine how kids learn sports by making it fun and easy by embedding the rules and concepts of the game into the storybook-led experience. So at night, I'm reading a story to my daughter. It talks about the concept and way it introduces four downs to get to the line to gain or get a first down. We played ring toss. We had four beanbags, four rings. If you get one of the beanbags in your four chances, you get to go stand in that beanbag. You get four more <laughs> tries to throw a beanbag in the ring toss, and on and on and on. So in the end, it meets kids where they're at. It, it has fun. It speaks to them in a language that they understand, and it does it in a way that I think has been enjoyable for both of us. So if people are interested, if you're a girl dad out there or a caregiver or a grandparent and want to introduce a sport of football and you're looking to do that in a fun and creative way with a young person, go to Amazon.com or FutureFans.com. Put in the promo code FANS at FutureFans.com to get 15% off. It's only 60 bucks. You get a storybook. You get all these different five games. But more than anything, you get to connect with your kid over a sport that you love. And I'm now on Saturdays and Sundays getting a chance to sit down and watch games with my daughter. And I just never thought that was possible. So I'm all about what Future Friends brings to the table. And if you're a girl dad out there looking to do the same, I highly recommend checking it out. You won't regret it. Aaron, we appreciate you. Thank you very much uh, for your time. Uh, enjoy that uh, West Coast timeline, my friend. Yeah, thank you, John. Appreciate you, Landy. All right, thank you very much. There you go. That's uh, Aaron Taylor here on In the Loop Sports Radio 610. Uh, kids learning. Uh, are we going to get to a point where there's, like, women's football? There is women's football. No, but, like, come on, like, real women's football. There is real women's no, football. No, like, real. Like <laughs> like the WNFL? Yeah, WNBA <laughs> type thing. Probably. You think? Yeah. Okay. Dude, football right now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah, it's going to be flagged, though, right? Uh, I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah, some tackle women's yeah, football. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, I'm, I'm not I sure. seen them out there with the shoulder pads. I'm yeah. like, all right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I actually kind of like this. Like, you could do this with your daughter. It's, I mean, it's not about playing football. I'm not but gonna, if she wants to figure I mean, she'll figure it out. She likes football, man. Yeah. She does, but yeah. She'll learn it better. Yeah. There you go. Imagine her being five years old. Be like, oh, he ran the wrong route right there. Hey, Dad, the the game's getting ready to start, Dad. Yeah, that that was a flag right there. <laughs> yeah, and she exactly. threw the flag motion. Yeah. That was a flag. Yeah, throw the, you know, the flag, yeah. I like when people do the flag motion. Yeah, the flag motion's the best. <laughs> that, that's, that's a late hit. That's probably my favorite complaint. Like, yeah. in, the, in the stands, the flag. Is there anything else that's no. yes. holding, holding? Holding by a mile. Holding. They're holding. Holding. They're holding. Yeah, no, the worst okay. is the review for in the NBA when they do this. That's so uh, stupid. The yeah. <laughs> yeah. The hold the circle that hurts up. me, man. Yeah. Yeah, holding hold, begging for holding. Although man, God, sometimes I they just the, don't call the it. Fans that call they call holding all the time. But sometimes He's they holding just don't him. call it. Sometimes they just don't call it though, man. Well, it's true, but how do you know from the third deck? I mean, <laughs> come on, man. Sometimes it's blatant. <laughs> Sometimes it's blatant. If you, if the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl, it's blatant. Yeah, well, that's a different story. <laughs> just ask uh, Bosa. They ain't going to call it that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, Landry Locker, John Lopez, Figgy Fig. We'll hear from Nick Casario coming up uh, in 25 minutes. I, I do want to hear what he's got to say about the running back position. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to say something, right? He's going to be asked, so he'll have to say something. Like, give us something, Nick. 
A little meat on the bone. I mean, just give me a little something, man. Mm-hmm. What do you think of Saquon Barkley? Can he? I, that's not, not is that tampering? Yet, are they? Yeah, yeah, they have to I be. I guess so because he's the franchise tag. And started so. yet? Yeah, we're in the tampering phase, right? Yeah, this is that would be illegal tampering. So if Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryan's walk by Saquon, it's just gonna be like, hey, what's up? Hey, do the what the, the head bob? What's up, bro? Yeah, yeah, not the you. down, the up. I ain't seen you. What's yeah. up, man? How you doing, man? Yeah. What's up, bro? Mm-hmm. Did you see yesterday at Rodeo? Rodeo has uh, has begun. Um, Blake Shelton brought out Gwen Stefani. I heard about it. Didn't see yeah, it. We actually right. talked about that. We was wondering if she was actually yeah, going to come out. brought her mm-hmm. out, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's truck. in town. I'm sure she's with him. Brought her out in the truck. Yeah. We went up there and they sang. Man, when I mentioned, uh, you know, uh, that she was a homewrecker, remember? That reportedly she was a homewrecker. Yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. Remember that, Figgy? Oh, okay. Yeah, we did the whole and damn show. We, br- I, we brung it up every time we gave I, away tickets. I got home and my wife happened to be listening. She is not a Blake Shelton fan for that reason. Why? Because he broke up with, who was it, Miranda? Yeah. She's a huge Miranda fan. And she, like, like she turned on on Blake Shelton, like, overnight. Overnight. I didn't know it was that big a deal. Who cares? That's what I'm saying. Music artists aren't held to the moral standard. Well, he is. Especially when it's Miranda. People love Miranda Lambert. Do they? I don't even know what she does. She's a singer. What's she sing? Songs. Give me one. I don't know. Yeah, okay. I'm not my wife. People love Miranda Lambert, <laughs> yeah. huh? Yeah, they they do. What does she does she sing? Redneck woman. Is she the one who sings that? I'm a redneck woman. Song? I don't know. Mama's what? broken heart. The house that built me. You've heard that one. Never heard it. Yes, you have. Never heard it, sir. The house that built me. Never Even heard I, it, sir. I've heard that one. Never heard it, sir. Yeah, if I was a cowboy, bluebird. She's got a lot of hits. Coming up next, did the Astros get favorable treatment on the national stage? The folks up 45 believe they did, plus the latest from the NFL Combine, including control of the draft next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents In the Loop with John Lopez and Landry Locker. All these carrots like I'm some kind of vegetarian. The hits are lit here on In the Loop on Sports Radio 610. Playing all the hits. These are the hot stories of the day. You're listening to In the Loop with Houston's sports leader, Sports Radio 610. Man, I miss old Wayne. Here's D'Amico Ryans talking about Devin Singletary, who he says he would like to have back. Yeah, very pleased with Devin. I remember sitting in a free agent visit with Devin and just, man, his personality, his demeanor, it was a guy I knew I wanted to work with right away. Right, Devin is made of the right stuff. He's a hard worker. He's a leader. He shows up every day in practice with a great attitude, and the guys around him feed off of that. Right, so Devin was a great guy. We'll see what happens in free agency, but we'd, we'd love to have Devin back just because of what he brought to our team. He was uh, he was definitely a bright spot for us in the running back room. That's your backup running back next year, Devin Singletary. It, that, it's going to go according to plan. That he's was back. obvious, wasn't it? Yeah, he's your backup running back. That was pretty obvious. He's he not going to get a better opportunity than this. And, and, and D'Amico was practically gushing. 
trying to be reserved, you know, trying to keep it keep it reserved. But uh, he was practically gushing about Devin. The Steele. the art the thing that you see online, I like to like pick like little snippets, and, and we see it on the text line. Shout out to the loopholes if you listen. You are one. Is the the offensive line makes the running back better. The running back makes the offensive line better. It can be either one. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, it can be either one. Like Devin Singletary ran better behind that offensive line than Damian Pierce did. Right. So I don't know where like this tomato tomato thing. It's either one can happen. The bottom line is, yeah, you need better offensive line play. You need better running back play. But there, it's not an either or type of situation. It's not. But what wasn't last year more obvious that it was the running back. Because you saw the comparison between Damian Pierce and uh, Devin Singletary and how they waited for holes and how they used the the, the blocking scheme, et cetera. I, th- I thought, you're right, it, it couldn't be either or. But I thought last year Devin Singletary made it very clear that he was making the, better, the line better. What about Dalton Schultz? Dalton Schultz is also a free agent. Tight end market, pretty slim. D'Amico, how do you feel about Dalton Schultz? Yeah, Dalton did a really nice job for us in the passing game. Two-minute drives where we were able to win a few games, Dalton really showed up. In a situational football, third down, he showed up making big catches for us. So we'll see what happens with Dalton in free agency, but I'm very, very proud of what he did for us last year. See, now that one was another, you know, very positive about Dalton Schultz. But I think he also is more of a realist. Like, you know, anything can happen here with Dalton Schultz unless they tag him. Johnu Smith, another tight end on the market. Uh, he got 50 passes for 532 yards, three touchdowns last season. Mm-hmm. Arthur Smith loved him. It was kind of a running joke with Falcons fans. Man, they, they like him more than B. John Robinson. I, I wonder what the Texans think about Johnu Smith. Once upon a time, he was in New England, ended up going to Atlanta. Used to have a lot of explosiveness. We, we, I think we saw him score a 65-yard touchdown against the Texans a few years back. I, I wonder if John, what they think of John U. Smith. Really wonder what they think about this tight end market as a whole. Well, they know that it's small. There's not a lot of pickings uh, with the tight ends. I, I don't know. I, 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 I think John U. Smith, obviously, what, you know, he was very heavily used last year. But I would... Between he and Dalton Schultz, I would stay with, with the familiar. You know I like to go with, like, the, the checkers and chess thing. Mm-hmm. Like, when you're looking at Dalton Schultz in chess and in checkers, when you have a king, you can go backwards. Correct. Like, when you have a king, you can go backwards. Do the Texans need to do that when it comes to Dalton Schultz? Because last year, when he was originally on the market, you didn't want to give him a three-year deal. Right. Now, all of a sudden, because this market's thin, do you want to give him a three-year deal now? Like, is it – I know that it's – I know it's – more thin. I know that there's different situations. I know there's different like layouts, but now, like, do you want to go from one extreme to the other where you get the guy to bargain and basically you're giving him a delayed version of the deal you didn't want to give him last year? Now, maybe he played his way into that deal. Did he? Because that's that's my thing with the Texans when you talk about we got to keep Dalton Schultz. Mm-hmm. What's the rush? I mean, you can tag him. You pay $3 million more than he made last year. But you're not paying. You're not committing to a three-year contract. I'm much more receptive to that idea uh, because then, then you can make this same decision next year. You know, maybe you want to sign him if he takes another step. Uh, but maybe the tight end market's going to be in much better shape. Do you get a sense that perhaps they're a little more frustrated by Dalton Schultz's blocking? Than yes, you could hear it. D'Amico said in the past game. Yeah, you could hear it. Yeah. So I wonder mm-hmm. if that's going to going to come into play. Where okay, yeah. we can get better receivers, we can get tight ends who are serviceable, but 
the Dalton Schultz blocking, yes, at times it was better than we'd expected, mm-hmm. but <laughs> we need a guy who can at least yeah. block. Yeah, especially with this offensive line that you're locked into. Oh, wow. Well, Laramie can hold it down. No, well, I'm saying well, he's not always on that side. Uh, he could what about be, Titus? Uh, yeah, well, let's see. I mean, <laughs> I don't, let, let's see about that. No, I, I'm very much more receptive to, to, to just tagging him and finding out the answers to what you just talked about. You know? Why, why commit to three years? It's a business, as everybody likes to say. So you want to tag him? He made $9 million. It's $12 million to tag him at tight end. So you want to tag Dalton Schultz? I would, yes. I would be more okay. agree, and agreeable, agree, agreeable to that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Lopez wants to tag Schultz. Landry Locker, John Lopez, Figgy Fig with you here on Houston Sports Leader Sports What's Radio 610. <laughs> I don't understand. No, nah, whatever, whatever your preference is, it's okay. If you want to tag Dalton Schultz, you can tag Dalton Schultz. Okay. Whatever you want Why to do. Why is that funny to you? Ryan Poles. He spoke on Justin Fields, the situation in Chicago. Here's what the GM of the Bears had to say. What is your motivation to trade Justin before free agency starts, knowing that there might be a free game on Yeah, again, it just depends on what opportunities pop up. Um, I will say this. Um, I think you guys know me uh, well enough now. I do, if we go down that road, um, I want to do right by Justin as well. Uh, no one wants to live in gray. Um, I know that's uncomfortable. I wouldn't want to be in that situation either. So uh, we'll gather the information. We'll move. Um, as quickly as possible. We're not going to be in a rush um, and see what presents itself and what's best for the organization. He's getting traded. Let's just be He's gone. serious about it. He's getting traded. Yeah. The end. Bada bing, bada boom. Could it be Atlanta? Here was Raheem Morris with Jonathan Jones talking about their quarterback situation. You want to go out there and find the best quarterback that fits best with you and your people and how you're building this team, right? You want to go get the best fit for your people. You want to go get the best fit for your coaches. You want to go get the best fit for our city. There's nothing ruled out. I forgot to mention trade. All of those things come into play. I know I'm all over the place with you right now, and it's good because we've really been tedious. We've really been going through the process of how we're going to acquire the best fit for us. Looks like Atlanta, huh? Yeah, and I don't see – my – my reason for Atlanta is Raheem Morris is openly saying we need a new quarterback, and in the draft, it doesn't even seem realistic. No. Like, you're basically going to be going down the Desmond Ritter path again where you're either convincing yourself that Penix is the guy or you're convincing himself that yourself that J.J. McCarthy is the guy. The fact that he's saying we want to aggressively go get a quarterback makes me think that Justin Fields is going to be that dude. I don't see how you can come to any other conclusion. People have talked about the Steelers. Okay, but uh, they, you know, who knows with Justin Fields there? I think Atlanta's the way to go. Well, he also said, yeah. and, and Jonathan Jones was obsessed with this, well, we want a quarterback who fits our city. Where's Justin Fields from? Yeah, from Atlanta. From Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So, Not I, just Georgia, I think it's, Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, he's from there, <laughs> yeah. like right there. Yeah. So I don't see why a coach would say that if you're going to go draft J.J. <laughs> yeah. McCarthy fits our or city. something. Yeah. Oh, hmm, I wonder who that could be. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a guy you can acquire, and it's a guy who clearly fits your city. So they're winding up 45 in Dallas. Um, I thought this was weird. And I, I'm not a big fan of bashing Joe Buck. I think Joe Buck's a legend. I love listening to him call Astros games. Uh, but John Smoltz in, in Dallas, they thought that Don, John Smoltz was an Astros homer. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a thing. And they had him on yesterday on our sister station, 105.3 The Fan. Shout out to Gavin Spittle. Uh, Sean and RJ had him on. You're going to hear Sean uh, Sharif talking to John Smoltz about perhaps him favoring other teams not named the Texas Rangers. John, you know that we've had you on multiple times. We love having you on. But we do have an elephant in the room. (laughs) Do you know what that elephant is? Oh. 
I probably I probably do. It's every year around this time after a World Series. Does it have something to do with the World Series? Yes, it does. <laughs> and and the ALCS and the ALDS. It, it's the most ridiculous. It's the most ridiculous claim in the history of baseball. But it's all right. I was told that's what's going to happen when I get into this job. People are so used to their local broadcast that they have no conceptual idea that we come in neutral. And our play-by-play guy, Joe Davis, is going to call a home run as excited for the other team, as excited for the other team. And Joe Buck told me, he said, listen, when you get into this, don't pay attention to everybody thinking you're rooting for somebody else. Just do your job. And that's what I've done. It it really is ridiculous. Um, Atlanta in the World Series against Houston, I got more criticism from the Atlanta fans that I wasn't a homer and I wasn't rooting for the Atlanta Braves. So if that doesn't tell you all you need to know. What is he supposed to say about the Astros? Like, seriously. The, the other thing is this, like, if the Astros, like, let's say we're in the 90s and the Astros are playing the Yankees. Dude, it's the, they've been on. That's what I'm saying. Well, like, what are you like, supposed to say about the Yankees? It's been eight straight times. Like, Rangers, yeah. where the hell have y'all been? Yeah. Y'all have been the ass of baseball for however long, and the Astros have been on the stage. So, are they supposed to, like, be as excited about calling y'all's games as you are the Astros? Like, if the if the Texans go to the... AFC Championship game and Jim Nance and Tony Romo are calling the game and they're playing the Chiefs. What are they Am I going to complain the if they yeah. light up more about Patrick Mahomes yeah. and Travis Kelsey yeah. than if they talk about C.J. Stroud and Nico Collins? No, it's it's like have some common sense. That's a better example because it'll, the same thing will happen. Let's say John Smoltz was calling that game, an NFL game. Is he supposed to say, "Hey, don't count," not say, "Don't count out Patrick Mahomes"? Oh, see, clearly he loves the Chiefs. No, you can't count out Patrick Mahomes. And it's more exciting. Like that's the guy. Like they yeah. call their games. They're yeah. on that they're on that stage all the time. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. So now the Rockets, like they they, they make a run and they're in the they're in the Western Conference Finals and they're facing the damn Warriors. I'm 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 supposed to expect Mike Breen to yeah. to just beam up talking about Fred Van Vliet <laughs> as much as he does Steph Curry. Yeah. Like have some respect for the damn game. Yeah. Goodness gracious. It's, Has there been a more irrelevant championship than that one? Nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody cares about that World Series. Mm-hmm. They were asking me the other day. I, I was talking to them at Radio Row. They were like, oh, how about the uh, someone, um, Bassick, my boy Bassick, held up the Rangers World Series. Dude, they thing. were all wearing like, that crap. And I was like, oh, y'all won the World Series. Good job. Yeah. Like, I had no idea. Ashley I, forgot I, they won. I'd man. forgotten yeah. about it. <laughs> They're like, how did people take it when the uh, Rangers beat them? I was like, honestly, I'm not, I'm not. Uh, it was the same as they took it when the Nationals beat them and when the Braves beat them and when they lost to the Red yeah. Sox in the ALCS. Like it yeah. was the same same thing. Yeah. I thought it was going to be a little bit more. It really wasn't. Kind of moved on. But you're just disappointed that you yeah. lost. It's just a, one of those like random ass. They like were my, all wearing their Rangers gear that week. That's the World Series <laughs> champs. Every day, man. Dude, I thought I was in the locker room celebration. <laughs> yeah. Every single person, like the we hat, didn't all that. that you Chick Fil A, like they had like, Chick Fil A. Uh, yeah, we didn't mention that to you, Figgy. Dude, like every day they were wearing going, full uniforms. <laughs> I don't know about that, but they were close. They might as well have been wearing the damn cleats, <laughs> yes. man. It was crazy. And walking by our table, like we cared. Yeah, I, good job. Yeah, I'm That's like, great. Oh, okay. <laughs> Coming up next, let's hear from Nick Casario live from the combine here on Sports Radio 610. Right. Nick Casario, talk to me. Talk to me. Nick Casario live at the NFL Combine here on In the Loop on Sports Radio 610. How's everybody doing? Happy almost leap year. Uh, good to be here. Hopefully, uh, it's a productive week for us. So, 
Excited to be here. Um, it's really, the combine's interesting because it gives us an opportunity to really learn the players' stories. I'd say that's really the big thing. Um, the on-field workouts, I mean, I think that's more for you all to watch and figure out who runs fast and who doesn't. But the next time we use how fast an offensive lineman ran a 40 in our evaluation, we'll be the first. So, but, uh, you know, excited about the opportunity here in front of us to try to continue to build a team. A uh, number of players that we have on our roster, that will be free agents. We probably have, I don't know if it's as many free agents as any team in the league, so we have a number of players that will be free agents. So working through that process here currently and just working on building the 2024 team and roster. So excited about what happened last season. Uh, players, the coaches, and the staff should be proud of what we accomplished. Um, but at this point, we're kind of moving forward and looking ahead to the 2024 season um, and all the things that go along with it. So um, with that, you know, take some questions. And go, go ahead, Sarge, start with you. Nick Casario live from the NFL Combine here. On yeah, I think the big thing with just this whole spring is just try to improve the team, build a team, improve the team. We have certain uh, areas and certain players on our roster that made significant contributions, happy they're on our team. But the big thing D'Amico and I have talked about on a consistent basis is just trying to build as deep and consistent a roster, top to bottom. Um, there's going to be certain players whose roles are bigger than others, but the roles that some players have are certainly going to be significant. So we're just trying to optimize our opportunities, try to take advantage of our opportunities to add players to our team. And the free agency, is, it's a process. Nothing's going to happen overnight. I'd say we've had constructive conversations with a number of agents, start with our players. We'll have an opportunity to visit with some of the agents of other players that may want to be Houston Texans. Whether or not there's a mutual interest or not, we'll find that out here as we go. But... Um, you know, I think it's just finding the right people with the right mindset and the right mentality to fit the program that we're trying to build. Um, that's the most important thing. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been able to keep track of all the moves, but anytime that you give up an asset, you're getting assets in return. And what you do with those assets, it's all about the decisions that you make. And we're fortunate that we've added players that have been able to help our team. Um, each year is going to be different, um, but that's in the past. And, you know, where we are today, we have a number of players that we've been able to acquire that have helped our team. Um, hopefully that continues moving forward. But uh, Cleveland, I have respect for Cleveland, their organization. They have a good football team. They've won a lot of football games. Sean's going to be a good player in this league for a long time. So we're focused on the Houston Texans and what can we do to continue to build our team so that we can put the best product out there on a weekly basis. <laughs> you never really know. Um, when you go back and kind of look at last year, there was a lot of new people, coaching staff, new players, but we felt comfortable with the, the Miko did a great job. We did a great job putting the staff together, you know, offensively, specifically starting with Bobby, Coaches like Bill Lazor, Shane Day, Gerard Johnson, and when we put the staff together in February, we didn't know what our team was going to look like, who the quarterback was going to be. We knew that we were going to evaluate a number of players during the course of the spring, and you really don't know, and there's there's a lot of work that goes into it. You learn about each other from where we were in May to where we ended up at the end of the season, almost like night and day, and 
there's things that we learned this year that hopefully can utilize. There's some areas that we hopefully can improve and some of the things that we didn't do as well. Um, I think the one thing we're excited about is we're able to continue with some degree of continuity relative to seasons past. So even with our coaching staff specifically, we had a number of coaches interview for other jobs. Uh, some of them made a decision to stay and be a part of our program, which is a credit to them. It's a, really a credit to D'Amico, and it's a credit to the players. So anytime you have continuity from one year to the next, it's important because at least it gives you sort of a foundation in place. Now, the team's going to be different. The opponents are going to be different. So there's going to be a lot of things that are different. But to be able to keep a number of things at least similar or the same, hopefully be beneficial to us. Nick Desario, Texans GM, joining us on the show. Nick, you okay on time right now? Yeah, I'm not really sure what that means. I think our focus is just trying to put the best team together possible. And sure. Free agency is case by case. So you look at the player, you look at his role, what's the value of the player, have an understanding of the market, what are your options, is that the best thing for the football team? In the end, we're going to do what we think is best for the Houston Texans team. It's D'Amico has said this countless times. I've expressed this countless times. It's not about one person. It's not about one player. Every year is different. We're not really believers in windows not really sure what that means so it's about the 2024 season trying to put the best team together what are our options we'll explore our options and we'll try to make good decisions good sound decisions that make sense for our team go ahead aaron Yeah, every year is important. Every year is different. And there's going to be challenges that we face this season, maybe that we haven't faced in the past. You know, we're going to play a lot of good teams this year. And even if you look at our season, there were, what, eight or nine one-score games. So a number of games could have gone either way. So do you have? it starts with the people. So do you have the right people with the right mindset, with the right mentality? They obviously have to have a certain level of skill to be able to go out there and perform their jobs at a competitive level. So... The team building process, it's not one period of time for agencies, for agency, the drafts, the draft. There's a number of players that we added at the beginning of the season, during the course of the season, that helped our team. So I think just maintain, I'd say maintaining as much optionality, being adaptable, being flexible, your circumstances may change and maybe you're forced to make a decision about a position or about a player. So the big thing that we emphasize is just good, sound, consistent decision-making and let the process play itself out, and we'll have a better understanding of what our team looks like probably once we get to training camp. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, I'd say the league is always better when people like Bill Belichick are around. I mean, you look at this offseason, Coach Carroll, Coach Belichick, um, you know, Coach Belichick is the best coach in the history of not only football, sport, in my opinion. Um, he's a big reason that 
I'm where I am today, so a lot of respect and appreciation and admiration for him. Um, say there's a number of folks um, in New England um, that they have in place that they feel comfortable with. They have a lot of talented people, so they're probably going through a process of trying to figure things out, and I think all of us, that's what we do each year. You just sort of try to figure things out. So certainly wish them nothing but the best. Um, I'm appreciative of my 20 years, 20 seasons that I had in New England, um, but the game's better when uh, when people like Bill are around or involved. So I'm sure he'll figure out whatever he's going to do here in the spring, and we're all going to benefit from it. Repeat your question, please. In terms of what do I think is going to happen, <laughs> we're all going to find out. So um, free agency is just its what does the market tell you. So, and then what are you, any player, what are you willing to pay that player commensurate with their role? So every year markets change. And I think sometimes what happens is I'd say with some of the tender numbers, you sort of get pigeonholed or benchmarked because once you establish a certain financial commitment level, that's almost used as a starting point. So you're either comfortable paying that level or you're not. And it's all about resource allocation. So our job is to try and f- uh, try to find good football players and add good players to our team. Uh, we have a couple free agents of that position, so we're going to evaluate that position like we do other positions as well. And you know, D'Amico talked about this yesterday. I mean, Motor had a great year, did a lot of good things for us. Um, Motor's a free agent, so we'll see. You know, we'll see how it goes. So there's a lot of good players that are out there. There's a lot of good players that are out there at a number of different positions, and our job is to evaluate and try to make try to make good decisions. Go ahead. So we'll see. We'll start. Go ahead, and then we'll go here. Yeah. Nick is great to talk to. Um, I mean, it's similar to Bill in some respects. They have such a library and a history of players that you can benchmark against one another. You're talking about two of the best minds in football. So I've had a number of conversations with Coach Saban before the draft, not only last year but previous years, and his insight is very valuable and useful. Um, I mean, I think everybody who spoke on Will's behalf and the way Will was presented, um, you know, we saw that in spades and – Maybe it was even better than maybe we even thought. So um, we're happy that Will's on our team. Henry did a great job this year as well, kind of in his role. Um, kind of came in as a backup. He was forced to play in the middle of the year, I'm going to say weeks four, five, six, where we had some players that were injured, and he went out there and had some productive plays. So excited about those two players and their growth and really from year one to year two and try to improve on some of the things that they did that did last year over here. Go ahead, Cody. Yeah, it's a part of it. It has to be a part of your calculus, and it's really a fixed number. So anytime you assign a tag to a player, it's essentially you're committed to that value. Now, it doesn't mean you can't work out a long-term contract extension with that player, but it's sort of a fixed number. And I would say, kind of what I talked about a little bit earlier, it's almost a starting point in a negotiation. So you have to figure out, is that valuable? Does that make sense? Or... 
let the player get to the open market, let the market dictate what the value is. So, honestly, it's a little cat and mouse game. So you just try to take the information in, try to have a general understanding of the market, and try to make a good decision. Um, we have some flexibility relative to financial commitments that we might be able to make, but you don't necessarily have to use all your money up in one year. So we've tried to, and I've talked about this previously, really look at your team in sort of two-year increments. So whatever you don't do this year, that money's going to be used in future years. Um, I'm sure I'll get a question here very soon about Nico Collins. That's coming. So that could be a player that maybe he's a part of the future. So you're dealing with the present. You're focused on the short term. But part of our responsibility is to kind of think ahead a little bit. So and just try to make good, sound decisions for the team and the organization. Yeah, I would just caution people this time of year to pay too much attention to narratives that are out there about players or what teams are doing. So I would just say going back to last year, there was quite a bit of misinformation out there about what happened or what the Texans were going to do. So really the only people that knew what the Texans were going to do were Coach Ryans and myself. So <laughs> I'm saying is we made the decisions that we feel are best for the Texans, and I'd say I'd be careful just to read into too many narratives about what a team is or is not going to do. This is, and I've said this, this is still a season, unfortunately. It makes for a lot of fun, makes for a lot of uh, dialogue. Sometimes it's true, sometimes it's not. So we just try to focus on ourselves and try to make the right decisions for our team. Brooks, go ahead. Yeah, it's interesting. So... It doesn't necessarily change how we're going to approach this offseason. We were already in a decent position, so, and I would just say it's probably potentially could be more of a one-time thing. So depending on what the number is, maybe gives you a little flexibility. Could be add a singular player, could be add multiple players at a certain tier or level. Whether or not you use the money this year and push it to next year and roll it to next year. So I would say the result of what happened the other day doesn't necessarily change our thought process about how we were going to approach free agency. Go ahead here and then, Sarge, we'll get back to you. Try to spread the wealth a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the receiver kind of has two jobs get open and catch the ball. So, and when you talk about separation, typically where that manifests itself the most is on third down. Because typically there's a lot more man coverage played on third down. The coverage is going to be a little bit tighter. Some can win with quickness. Some can win with their size. Some can win with their speed. So I think it depends on the player and his skill set, you know, how Tank Dell gets open and run routes. I mean, it's very unique. How Nico runs routes and gets open is very unique to him. So how you're going to use that player, how you're going to deploy that player, you need to formation a certain way. Can you only align them in one spot? So you just have to look at the player. But in the end, the job of a receiver is to get open and catch the ball however they do it. So however they create that space and separation is going to be unique to whatever skill set they provide to, you know, to your team. Yeah, really just their background who influenced them in terms of their development, who helped them the most, some of the things that they had to endure and overcome. 
I mean, without getting into any players in particular, but we had a player the other night that was talking about, you know, his house was shot. You know, he was in the house while there were shots fired on his home. Another player had a commute on a daily basis from one city to the next to go to a certain high school. So really what you're trying to do is kind of get a picture and a profile with a player, his mindset, his mentality, some of the things that have led to where he is at this point. And you're not going to get it in a 15 to 20 minute interview, but you kind of get a quick snapshot and then you're trying to get a general picture because in the end, this is a people business. So when you bring the right people into your locker room, you want to make sure that they fit with the rest of the team and the rest of the program and the culture that you're trying to create. And I would say players are appreciative of one another's story because in the end, this is a player's league. It's a people league. Players are very smart. Players are very perspective. And they know if a player is sincere, if he's authentic, if he's full of crap. So part of our job is to kind of sift through the noise and then try to create as accurate a profile as we can about what we think we're bringing into the building. And then once we have that identified, then it a lot of these guys are starting from scratch. So if you find their baseline of understanding of football, what they were taught, what they were coached, they're kind of going back to square one. So there's 31 teams, or excuse me, 32 teams. Everybody has a different system. Everybody has a different coaching style. So we're trying to just understand a person, sort of what makes them tick, and then how that will fit with the rest of the players that we have on our team. Nick Casario, Texans GM, joining us on the show. Nick, you okay on time right now? <laughs> Uh, it's interesting. It's it's a, it's a portion of it. Um, even if you're at a game, if you were to ask somebody, why do you go to a game? Well, you're looking at a number of different things. Maybe it's their habit or their routine pregame, how focused they are. They come off the field after a bad play. How do they react? How do they respond? What do they do on the sidelines? So any little detail or tell that you can get, but you also have to be careful about jumping to conclusions too quickly because you don't want to make just a, a, a snap judgment in a short period of time because maybe he was slouched in his chair or maybe, he, you know, you don't know what he'd been dealing with over the course of the day. But you can get some interesting things in how they approach it and just how intense or how focused they are. So we look at everything. So there's no question about it. Phil, go ahead. Good to see you. Nick Desario live from the Combine here on In the Loop on Sports Radio 610. I don't think J-Lo's awake, man. Yeah, at this point last year, we had seen CJ play over I'm sorry, a couple what? seasons. Um, we may or may not have talked to him already here at the Combine, but in terms of interactions with him, it was very limited from a one-on-one basis because he was underclassman, so you don't have access to the underclassmen. This is the first year I mean, Jim Nagy changed this at the Senior Bowl where they allowed more juniors to attend. And, and Jim's done a great job with the Senior Bowl, there's no question about it. It's another opportunity because the underclassmen are typically the people you have to find out the most about. So essentially at this point we're relying on our information from the school that we've gathered from the scouts and then just from observing the player play. And then we interviewed him here at the Combine and then we brought him into our facility. So this was sort of the beginning stage of the process. So there's probably more that we didn't know than we actually knew, and by the time we drafted whatever day that was in April, we knew a lot more than we did when we were here. So um, I'd say this whole week, this whole spring, it's really it's 
it is a process. It's a process for the players. It's a process for the teams. It's a process for the coaches. And our job is to extrapolate the information however we can do it and just try to make a good decision for our team. Go ahead, Matt. One more. Yeah, have a lot of respect for Elliot. Um, we actually interviewed uh, Elliot. It was in the, the year I left or the year before. Elliot's been in a lot of good programs. He was in Green Bay for a long period of time. I think at the time he was in Seattle. Very astute, very aware, good understanding of basically the league. Um, and it was just kind of another set of eyes because we had lost a number of folks that had gone on to other teams. My, I think Monty had left at that time. So I'd say Elliot is very respected. He obviously has a, a, a great pedigree um, in terms of his dad and has learned a lot of football. So Elliot understands football. So he's got a great demeanor, a great personality, very perspective, very self-aware, and he has a good demeanor. And I think he'll be able to work in concert with the scouting staff. And then I think he'll be a great asset to Gerard as well as he kind of works his way through. All right, thanks. Hi, it's Nick Casario here on Sports Radio 610. Let's get some lunchtime confessions. I think Lopez might need to confess about what we just heard as well. I'm sorry, next. Lunchtime confessions. We confess our sin. Lopez, wake up. Huh? We confess our sins to you, the loopholes. Shout out to the loopholes. If you listen, you are one. Some of these confessions have to do with sports. Some have nothing to do with sports, but we're transparent with you 24-7. Let it hang a little bit lower during lunchtime confessions. It is time to confess. I tried. Tried what? To get something out of that. That Nick Casario availability. There's a few things. I thought the two-year window was the most important thing. Uh, I thought there uh, were tomorrow, few, I want to look things. at the Texans through a two-year window. Yeah. Let's do that. Uh, that would be very good. Uh, like, I got, you know, about the we'll see if the if there's mutual interest on the free agents. You know, about free agents interested in the Texans. That's obviously something we knew, we figured, uh, but is new. Uh, he, real happy with the continuity of the, uh, of, of, of the Texans coaching staff. Then he talked about uh, a lot of misinformation and decisions and narratives, and it's silly season is his way of saying lion season, which is what we say. Uh, but, uh, boy, I mean, you want a confession or not? Yeah, I want a confession. Get to it. He is in midseason form. <laughs> like, he is in <laughs> mid. He's better than that. See, that's the thing. If this was him all the time, then okay. It's just in his own, man. I mean, he's better. What than about that? him trying to give the people some good questions? People were asking about Bill Belichick and how do you build on next year and yeah. what did you know about CJ last year and all that type hey, of stuff. Hey, ask me about Nico Collins, y'all. Yeah, yeah. they didn't even do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, he was uh, he was in midseason form and uh, franchise tag. He, he's not using. Saying a lot seems like he wants Schultz to test the market. To say a little, I, that too. Yeah I, yeah, I agree with that. But that was midseason form. Now, we've moved past the uh, the three-day beef with the morning guy, Sean Pendergast, Seth Payne. Shout out to them. Yeah. But I will say this. I just got to confess because that's the point of lunchtime confessions. I got to be honest with you. Yeah. The whole time that I was looking at you falling asleep while Nick Casario was talking and I was having Figgy say in my ear, man, this, he's, this is rough, <laughs> I was just thinking, if this were a morning show interview, we'd still have 15 minutes left of that thing. Oh, but it would be better. I Nick Casario, Texans they, GM, joining us on the show. Nick, you okay on time right now? They do get the best uh, of Nick Casario, but boy, that was some of the national perspective on this. As you're looking on social, they're like saying much the same thing. 
Have you ever seen this NFLPA survey that's making the rounds right now? Yeah, it's J.J. Watt says it's the second most important poll that he uh, took as a player. Yeah, and uh, but it, it hasn't ever really gotten as much run as it, it, at least to my in my opinion, that it does today. By the way, the Texans have done really, really well, and this is an NFL Players Association poll of of just like just the facilities, life, everything. Yeah, life in your organization. What that cafeteria get? Cafeteria A minus. That's pretty strong. I was expecting an A plus. The Texans as a whole, they pulled like a three point two, maybe. Yeah, their worst grade was B minus. Team yeah. travel. They got like a three point two. They got a B on weight room. Owner B, B plus. plus training staff. Yeah. But like I, part of my confession is I, I never really paid attention to this, to, to this that Why much. Why would you? Because what do you mean? it, it What's is the pretty confession? interesting. Who cares. But boy. I wouldn't want to play for the Chargers. Did you see what they said about the Chiefs? Well, let me say the Chargers, then you say the Chiefs. It's L.A. They charge players $75 for daycare during a game. Stop. They provide a family room at the stadium. They provide daycare, but not on site. In other words, you got to drop them off somewhere else, and the players have to pay 75 bucks on the day of the game. That's a steal. For Dake. But they're playing. That's a steal. They're playing football for so you. What? Do you, know how much, you know how expensive daycare is? Dude, we're not talking about you and me. 75 bucks for six hours? No. That, they should be praying. I mean, they should. That, that what should grade be did they get for the family part? They got it like a D on that. Like, you don't charge NFL 75 players. bucks. You don't charge. What a steal. NFL players. That is a good ass price. Maybe for you. When you're here, that's a good price. But right guys there. are risking their lives out there, and they're like, "Yeah, that'll be seventy-five bucks for your kid." Yeah, come on, man. What are we doing? What about the Chiefs? Uh, so, um, the Chiefs had the lowest graded NFL owner. Uh, it was uh, Clark Hunt of the Chiefs. Say that real fast. Clark Hunt. Clark Hunt. Clark Hunt. Clark Hunt. Yeah, I don't know what you're trying to figure out. Clark Hunt. There you go. You like that, Clark Hunt? Does that work for you, buddy? I'm just—I just asked you to play it real fast. <laughs> See you next Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. So what, dude? I, I'm saying his name clearly. Yeah. He really dumped it. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Clark Hunt. Okay. Owner Hunt. <laughs> Apparently, um, his low grade was because of lack of follow through on promises. Here's the example that Brooke Pryor uses. Mm-hmm. So. Apparently, the team promised a renovated locker room. However, when they returned this season after winning the Super Bowl, only new chairs were added. Players were told the reason that there was not a renovated locker room was because, quote, listen to this crap. Mm -hmm. They went too far in the playoffs and they didn't have time to renovate. Oh, brother. You're the Chiefs. You can't (laughs) renovate. You could renovate that hoe in a week. You can't. (laughs) <laughs> we didn't have time to renovate because y'all went too far into the playoffs. Oh, my gosh. That's ridiculous. Come on. But this is really fascinating to me. It it really is. Fascinating? Yeah. Are you using the word fascinating too loosely there, my friend? No, I think I'm using it correctly. Watch this. These are my confessions. Got up early. Didn't eat anything. Didn't have coffee. Went for my six-month checkup. I go every six months to the doctor to get a checkup. 
my confession is I can't believe how healthy I am. <laughs> like, I mean, I've got a little bit of an issue with the uh, blood sugar. Brother, you've seen me. I, I I feel like I'm dying, and then I go to the doctor and I get it back, and I'm like, I told the doctor it's time to drink. Time to drink. Hand to God. I I told her I have a female doctor. I said, Are you sure? Because <laughs> like I always mess. I take medication. Full disclosure. Uh, I'm HIPAA. <laughs> so for little high little high blood sugar and pre diabetes, but not diabetic, just pre. And she's like, uh, "You've never looked better. Everything looks now, good." Now she's a liar, but okay. No, <laughs> no, but that's not true. No, like, like, oh, she's talking about the numbers. Yeah, the numbers. Oh, not the not, visual. Not the okay. appearance. Yeah, no, I was gonna say. I, be I, I, I would disagree. Yeah, with that. Quite, I, I wouldn't have <laughs> heard this bar for that. <laughs> I would disagree. Whatever the hell that but, is. But like, I did chest X ray. I did EKG. Yeah. I did blood work. Now that's go. not back yet. But and then I did the exam, and she's she's like, I think the blood work's going to come back with like some. You probably need to watch sodium a little bit. It, no, it always comes back the same. A little high blood sugar and pre-diabetic. As long as I stay pre-diabetic the rest of my life, I'm good. Okay. Um, and so I was like, Are you sure? Because <laughs> I, I, I fully go to the doctor these days expecting something catastrophic. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But you're good. I'm good. Knock on wood. There you go. I'm, yeah. I'm very, I'm very pleased about that. Yeah. Well, I am too, but I was surprised. <laughs> All right, my confession here. I, I think Figgy's slacking, and and I Figgy? think we, yeah, we need to have we need to have a station meeting. What am I right slacking now. though? Figgy. We need we need to ha- we need to have a station meeting and figure out if Figgy's making the right decision or All not. All right, here we go. Because I think I think he and I have the same philosophy. Full, full disclosure, me and Figgy. Um, we we pick each other's brains, the yeah. the pre show mm-hmm. process, all that. We we go back and forth, um, but Figgy normally like yesterday when D'Amico spoke, Figgy sent out an email of uh, of D'Amico cuts to mm-hmm. the to the entire mm-hmm. to the entire office, and it was like it was like individual quotes. Yeah, yeah. It took a little bit. It took a little while, like because he's a multitasker, so he could. He could probably cut an interview in I'd say thirty minutes. Yeah. Like, yeah. While while still doing his job. I say that's like the Yeah. That's the the but he learned from the best. Mm-hmm. But anyway. But anyway. Wonder where that was. <laughs> he just sent out the full Nick Casario chunk and he basically told the whole building, Hey, you're on your own. There's nothing to see here. I'm not gonna waste my time no, on this lightweight. No, 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 I'm no, not no, gonna waste no, my that time. Ain't true. I'm not gonna waste my time on this lightweight here. <laughs> no, that and ain't I'm true. not even saying it's a bad decision. But, I'm just saying confessing it raised it raises the eyebrows. No, we just got the full no, Casario presser. No, see, I did the same thing yesterday. I sent the full presser out of D'Amico yesterday, and then after the show I got the audio. So I, you're gonna I, you're gonna do individual Casario quotes. I'm a, well, I'm a I try. I can't wait to see this. I might honestly, I might have to wait till they, till they send the transcripts out. I can't wait to see this. What the heck is going yeah. on? I mean, somebody might complain like, "Hey, where's the cuts?" Oh, yeah, well, yeah. so I got to send them out. Hey, you're good. With I got to send them out. I don't need any of that. You sure? Hey, hey, you're good with me. This show, this y'all show, sure? You're okay with us? We don't need it. Lopez, I'm we good. don't need. We're okay. okay. We're good. Right. I got my. That's notes. the only reason I'm cutting them up. You man. see my notes right here. That's all I need out of Nick. Yeah, don't, don't worry no. about us. No. You don't have to do it for us. No. Like if it was me, I would have got the important stuff. But yeah, some people are like, hey, where's the where's all the cuts? Yeah, I got it. Hey. hey, Figgy, can you play that cut about uh, uh, misinformation and narratives? <laughs> I thought it was pretty compelling. Watch this. <laughs> Hold on, I got to get this right on this. No, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, checked in on the Rockets last night. Cut seven. <laughs> Jalen Green's got to go. He's got to go. Oh, yeah, he, shoot. Yeah, You're not even oh, saying, he's, yeah, oh, he's got to go. Well, out of the starting lineup. 
They've been talking about it. I think they're Dude, scared to do it. He's starting to make Ime Adoka look bad. Yeah, uh, like Adoka has all this discipline and we're going to, you know, make the most of it and hold them accountable and all that. And we agree. And and I think he's a hell of a good coach. But it's starting. He Jalen Green is starting to make Adoka look bad. I meant to ask Spillane about this because he's a Jalen Green truther, right? No. No? He, Brandon Scott used to be. Yeah. Brandon Scott. This dude is. Brandon Scott used to be a long time Did you time watch ago. any of the games? I don't want to bring it up. Yeah, I watched a little bit. I I, I just got to tell you, I, I can't enjoy watching Jalen Green play basketball. Like, it's just, it's impossible. For, he's everything I hate about basketball these days. Like, he's everything I hate. I I, I love Jabari Smith. I like what he brings to the table. I like Whitmore. his makeup. Shingoon. You can give I like or take. Him. There's going to be times like where he's him. frustrating. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's not, it's, it, it comes with the territory. You're, ne- you're never going to have like a, perfect complete player i enjoy watching i'm in thompson play um i like what van vliet's made of dylan brooks i i, I like guys. these guys i don't yeah. think any all, of them are like top top tier but i enjoy watching those guys hoop jalen green is everything i hate about basketball i tried to have an open mind Seriously. about it i'm like there's nothing on let's watch a little hoop it's awful and i was like this guy it's bad man and people say he makes good decisions who said that? I saw it like during the game. Like his oh, decision making has random. really improved. Uh, I hope Ashley saying that. You I saw somebody one? say Ashley saying Adam Spillane retweet. Maybe that that's it. And pretty Maybe much that's what I thought. He do some stuff that don't show up in the stats. Okay. Like I that must have been oh, it. Think, guys yeah. Said, his decision making has really he's, improved. I'm like, how? He's hard for me to watch. How? I can't watch. He doesn't have any feel for like the speed at which the game's played. It's just so nonchalant. He just makes the extra pass. Not, not now. consistency. Consistently playing hard. I, I think he's. A, I mean, he's a bucket. I've, he'll give you thirty once a week, but then he'll give. But but then more times than that. I, I just. I, he's everything I hate about basketball. I tried to have an open mind. I really did. Can't hoop. And the other thing he does a lot of, and I hate this so much, is the garbage baskets in the fourth. Oh, quarter. he's the king. He's the king of the. Oh, he wants point. to get him. He wants to oh, get the eighteen. It's the worst. Oh, and he's driving. As soon as he realizes that the defense they play, he's going to the cup as hard yes. as he can possibly go. Yes. Right there. It's the worst. So yes. Then the, he'll try to like take off from the dotted when there's no chance. Oh, God. Like he pushed the wrong button in 2K. Uh, it was really eye opening. He's tough, man. Yeah. Coming up, we'll, we're going to talk to Cody Stutes live at the NFL Combine. But before that, uh, let's talk about the uh, the two biggest names on the market and whether or not they're even going to be there. And if Nick Casario is telling us, along with D'Amico Ryans, what they really think of Dalton Schultz next. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents In the Loop with John Lopez and Landry Locker. All right, so Dalton Schultz. Th- this is what I wonder when it comes to Dalton Schultz. Like, how phenomenal was last season for Dalton Schultz, like, based on expectations? We expected Dalton Schultz to have a good season. He had a good season. He didn't mm-hmm. have a great season. He didn't have a epic season. It was a really good season. Yeah. The Texans obviously didn't value Dalton Schultz as, like, his premium market value before the start of free agency. They gave him the one-year deal, and he did what he did. So I wonder if now, like, does does what they thought of Dalton Schultz last year, has it increased to where now they, they, they would be willing to give him the deal that they didn't want to give him last year? Or do they look at some of these other guys and say, all right, C.J. Stroud is one of one with tight ends that hit the market and don't demand long-term deals. Perhaps we can go... When it when it comes to smart money, and this goes back to the to the discussion mm-hmm. during free agency that's always been talked about, smart money versus foolish money. 
I wonder if they really value Dalton Schultz as much as perhaps you do, I do, fans do, or if they look at this market and they see Jonu Smith on the market, they see Noah Fant on the market, former first-round pick. Mm -hmm. They see Hunter Henry, who I think is actually ranked slightly above Dalton Schultz. Uh, And they see some of these guys and they say, you know what? We could maybe kick the tires on a first-round pick with unrealized potential like Noah Fant. Uh, that's a, a better blocker than Dalton Schultz as well and, and can still make some plays in the pass game. Uh, Jonu Smith is a very athletic guy. I don't know how they feel about his blocking, but we could we could kick the tires on him instead of investing more money on Dalton Schultz and, and, and similar money that we didn't want to give him last year. We, we we look at this as a bargain. We don't want to run it back with Dalton Schultz. It was nice that we found a bargain, but we can p- perhaps do that again at the tight end position. I think you just keep it a bargain. Uh, I, I really do. The The problem with the... How do you do that? You tag him. Is that a bargain, though? I think it is. That's a lot. Cause, or, or would you rather invest in three years? I mean, I would of Dalton Schultz. I, I don't want to invest in three years. I I don't. I think Dalton That's why Schultz you, is you fine. Pay three three million dollars more. Like, do you think you the know? Do you think the sky is falling if the Texans bring in Noah Fant? No, uh, nor nor and and it might even be better if you bring in Hunter Henry or John O. Smith. But the the it's you've heard the term the path of least resistance, right? Let's take the path of least resistance. the The resistance here is you don't have a huge tight end market. You don't necessarily want to – if you want a big-time tight end, you're going to have to draft a uh, draft one in the first or second round, more than likely. That's a premium pick. There's It's a priority position in this offense. So you have a guy who's familiar uh, with this offense, and the market is not that expensive for a tight end. So, like, we can move on from Dalton Schultz but then you're going to be investing a higher draft pick or, or, or sign someone to a, a longer-term deal uh, or, or whatever it may be, and you may not end up with someone as good or better. Dalton Schultz is not great. No, he's okay. Yeah. He's good. And, and I mean, look, the, the middle of the field was open for him. I mean, mm-hmm. they, had, they had Nico Collins and they had Tank Dell doing their thing. I'm, I'm not taking away from Dalton Schultz. I just don't – I mean, let's put it this way. The Cowboys had, whenever the hell they took Ferguson, I think they took him in the fourth round two years ago. Yeah. They upgraded. The guy was a pro bowler. He was better than Dalton If you can Schultz. get a fourth rounder, then, then yes, you can move up. If you think you can get the tight end you want in the third or fourth round, yes. But the, I, the, prior, the premium ones are going to be in the first or second round. And I round. would still try to do that. I would look at the two-year window, yeah. and if, if the opportunity is there with the tight end, go ahead and do it. But I, I, all I'm saying is, is, is Dalton Schultz that much better than – Fans or some of these guys. Furthermore, could it be a, could it be a better option to to kick the tires on someone who hasn't lived up to their yeah? Potential? And and what I'm saying is he's not great, but he's good. Now, is he good? Is is he not good enough to that you want to move on from him? I don't know if they want to go down that route. Johnu Smith just hit the market. He's already ranked ahead of Dalton Schultz on the on, on spot rack. Yeah, he's yeah. he's a year older. Uh, so you have that. I, I just wonder, like, in their scouting, do they look at any of these guys and say, okay, this this would make a little bit more sense, and, oh, by the way, this guy can block. Because that's mm-hmm. the one thing Dalton Schultz can't do. And it does seem like, even if you read between the lines of what Nico said yesterday about Dalton Schultz, it, it, it does appear that, at the very least, that 
the blocking is not something that he lists as, as a strength of Dalton Schultz. And and while he hasn't had a lot of drops, he had some crucial drops. Oh, he almost dropped yeah. the touchdown against the Browns uh, after dropping and, that, and that he had one. A big drop against the, the Titans Ravens that he too. made up for. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, so it's not like oh he drops the ball a lot, but boy, those were some crucial drops. I I don't know that they're I don't know that they're uh, as in love with Dalton Schultz as as some of us may be. I think he's a he's a comfortable shoe. Yeah, you know uh, yeah. to 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 use that analogy that that metaphor. He's a comfortable shoe. Do you really want to break in another? And it might not be what you like, you know. And I know that sounds insulting, but I think that's the best way to put it. He's a comfortable shoe. I want to get you some of those blue newbies or Nikes. I saw that. No, what, no, what, the, no. The old, the are, old, the the white ones with the blue with the blue in. I'm gonna have to look. The at old them. man, the old man. Oh, newbies. those? Yeah, I want to get you some of those. The New Balance. Yeah, let me get you some of those. God, I, you can put a bullet in my head if I let have me to see. Get let them. me see those again. <laughs> look at these. Let, let, show me those. Yeah, yeah I'm, if you're, I'm, if you're I'm on doing, the right ones. Yeah, I'm doing the image. I know which one you're talking and then about. Those Nike ones too. Yeah. Oh, those are. I just switched to Nike by accident. But the big N, they're yeah. kind of lifted. Big N, yeah, yeah, blue. Yeah. <laughs> get you a pair. I will kill myself before I get those. It's a little dramatic, but mm-hmm. who knows. Let's go out to the combine. Let's talk to Cody Stutes. He was uh, on hand with Nick Casario. I also got to talk to him as he walked away. Let's get his biggest takeaways from what he heard from Casario, as well as everything going on with the combine. My man's been on it since I woke up this morning. We'll go live to the combine. You don't want to miss this next. Let's go around the NFL to keep you in the loop. This is Houston's Sports Leader, Sports Radio 610. All right, let's go out to Indianapolis, the NFL combine. Cody Stutes on the scene. My goodness. At Cody underscore Stutes on Twitter. He's been all over things. He was... uh, in front of Nick Casario, did you take anything away from Nick Casario? What What did you hear from Nick Casario that perhaps stuck out a little bit? My biggest thing is Nick Casario has prepared everybody for a free agency that is not the free agency. It's not one where the Texans go out there and spend a whole bunch of this cap space that they have, and that's very much – Nick Casario's way of operating and way of doing things. I mean, he talked about, he joked with one reporter, I don't really know what windows are, I don't care about that. But then when he was talking about, you know, maybe how you use the franchise tag, how you uh, allocate money, he's like, yeah, we, you know, I've talked about this a lot. We talk about it in two-year increments. And then you start to think about, okay, like, is there a team recently that had a whole bunch of cap space and then – made maybe one big investment and then rolled a bunch of that cap space over. The Bears are a recent example of that, and they thought they had their young quarterback. Now, the Texans actually do have their young quarterback, unlike maybe the Bears do. And so I wonder if Nick Casario is looking at Nico Collins, the commitment that they have to make, and he brought up Collins as an example of like, hey, if you want to assign a guy like Nico Collins, you need to plan ahead, and maybe that's not a current offseason conversation as much as, hey, we're willing to do deals in training camp over the summer, in the future so you sort of plan ahead that's what really to me jumped out was hey the texans have a lot of money but the texans don't have to spend a lot of money to accomplish what they want to in 2024 the same part of that is he very much focused on making sure that this team is better than it was in 2023 in 2024 and i feel like a lot of that is spending a little bit of money in the off season so he kind of talked uh, around in a circle, no as kidding. he's known to do sometimes. But uh, I thought he really kind of made it clear, like, hey, this is not going to be some team that goes from 
you know, 60 plus million dollars in cap space to all of a sudden like six million dollars in cap space because they went and signed everybody they wanted. Yeah, no, I, I don't think anybody is thinking that, but uh, you know, you, you, you laid don't, uh, not from 60 to six. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but you laid out what he, what he said, or did he? I mean, he's the king of subterfuge. He's this, the king of, and he even uh, talked about that, uh, you know, in, in the press conference about the misinformation and, I don't buy into it, and you can't believe the narratives and the decisions, and it's silly season. So I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying you're necessarily wrong, but I don't know if you're right because I mean, he he does that constantly, and this is a totally different Nick Casario uh, toy uh, than he inherited, you know. Well, and he's also, I, w- I would think that the way that the Texans operate is if D'Amico Ryan's went and told him that he really loved a certain free right, agent right, or two right. or three or five. They'd go out there and go get those free agents for D'Amico Ryan. Right. What if yeah. you, so uh, you, you go ahead? You, yeah, you don't. You, all you have is Casario's history, and then the 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 D'Amico Ryan's factor in adjusting what Casario does and yeah. how he operates. But I, I did think it was interesting that he brought up Nico Collins at the back end of a question about the franchise tag and how you you know the tag is very much on the. Yeah, cap he wanted right y'all to there. ask about him, and no one asked about him. Well, yeah, we did ask about Nico Collins after he's off the podium. Okay, what we what we get? It's it, your typical Nick Casario. Hey, we're going to work through the process. And See, if that's can, what I mean. Yeah, you know, it's like it's yeah. hard to tell. <laughs> yeah. So, and and then he 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 another. I mean, he, he mentioned Amico Ryan's talking about him yesterday, but he brought up Devin Singletary as well as a player that they that they liked. And so, it, I. I I feel strongly after D'Amico Ryan's yesterday, Nick Casario today, that they very much want Devin Singletary yes. back in the fold with this team. And that was one of the big things that he just kind of, hey, brought up Devin Singletary and you know was unprompted in doing so. And then when further asked about free agent running backs, he's like, yeah, we'll see. You know, he kind of had some fun with it from that standpoint. Talking to Cody Stutes live from the NFL Combine here on In the Loop Sports Radio 610, Landry Locker, John Lopez, Figgy Fig. With you, so I, I see you got to speak to the guys in the trenches uh, today. A little Byron Murphy out of Texas. Uh, what were some things that stuck out to you uh, when it came to the guys in the trenches? Byron Murphy just absolutely, he screams Texans to me. The way that he talks about football, the what, what he said was important, how he said, somebody asked him, what do you think is the best thing about you? You know, what makes you the best defensive tackle? And he said, I, I work harder than everybody. I, I'm going to work harder than everybody else. And I just feel like that, along with how much he talked about how he loves playing in a 4-3 defense and, and you know, he wants to stop the run and rush the passer. He just screams Houston Texans. The, the buzz around you know, the combine right now, though, is he may not make it to the Houston Texans where they're selecting because he's been really impressive. Um, they have talked to – some pretty freaky athletes. Um, you know, Murphy's going to test pretty well. Um, the, uh, Demarcus Robinson, the Missouri defensive lineman, is a guy that um, is got a lot of versatility to his game. But he should he should have some pretty good testing. It's funny because Casario said they don't really care about the workouts; they care about meeting the guy and the interviews and, and that. But when you start profiling like who they've talked to and and, and who they want to talk to and maybe who they could eventually bring in for a visit. You know, Peyton Wilson, the linebacker at NC State, huge injury history. You know, he's had a shoulder injury and a knee injury in the season before, but he was one of the best players in the ACC last year, and he's going to be one of the freaky athletes that works out and tests well, and then it looks good on the field. And then hearing him talk, again, 
It just screams Texans. He talks about how I only got to be a better player when I started to understand the linebacker position a lot more. He was effusive in his praise for D'Amico Ryans when I asked him about, hey, well, you met with the Texans, what did you think of D'Amico Ryans? He's like, you can kind of see why he's such a good coach and, and why he would be impressive. So they, they've talked to some you know, uh, uh, Johnny Newton from um, Illinois is another guy uh, that they talked to who's, who's going to be pretty athletic. So, you know, they're kind of leaning towards the athletic profile in a bunch of these guys that they have talked to. Sounds like if you're trying to read between the lines, a lot of defensive linemen, uh, you don't have to give us the whole list of who they talked to. That's extensive. But, like, a lot of defensive linemen, a lot of linebackers, that, that tends to be the trend there? Yeah, so – Freaky athlete, defensive linemen, and guys with some versatility that could maybe on a, any given down bump inside if they're an end, bump outside if they're a tackle. And then sort of the, the, the smart linebackers. You know, Wilson's kind of a do-it-all, do-it-everything. He's smart and he's super athletic. But Sed Gray is another guy who maybe the, the athletics aren't going to be there, but he, he'd get a lot better at the beginning or at the end of the year at North Carolina than at the beginning of the year, and that kind of shows – the growth, and then he talked about, he's like, I idolized Fred Warner. And then I asked him, well, hey, you talked to the Texans. He's like, yeah. I go, hey, D'Amico Ryan's coach Fred Warner. He goes, yeah, you know, you kind of see where I, what I'm thinking. I was like, yeah, it kind of sounds like a perfect fit. He's like, I'm not controlling it, but we'll see. So you're kind of that smart linebacker who can, you know, play hopefully side to side with the athleticism. And then the, Say sideline to sideline. Lopez's favorite thing, sideline <laughs> to sideline. <laughs> No, no, not not quite, not quite that. You sound so refreshed, and and uh, you're all over the place. What are your accommodations like over there? <laughs> well, I mean, what? Well, I, I, I mean, we're staying at like a, a Airbnb that used to be a giant office building that transformed into apartment. You got the Airbnb by yourself? Well, no, I'm sharing it with some other media members to help spread out the cost. I have my own room and my own bed and my own bathroom. Who are you so sharing I'm not it with? With another media member. Who are you sharing it with? That's not. That's not important. The people don't no, care about that. No, they the want to hear. Care. No, they the, want, the, the, the they people want, care. Figgy looks interested. The, Figgy's interested. They want to hear that the Texans are going to meet with Chop Robinson from Penn State tonight. That's what the people uh, want to hear. I about. Want oh, Chop Robinson. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Doesn't I, he have like nine siblings? He has nine siblings. He's the third youngest sibling. He's like, yeah, I have a younger sister and a younger brother, and and then he and then he was like, and then I have other siblings. And I was like, oh my gosh. So y'all both had siblings. to share beds with other folks. No, I have, again, as I stated clearly for your audience, I have my own room and I have my own bed that I don't mm -hmm. share with anybody. Mm -hmm. So who's in the house? Well, it's an apartment, John. I don't know if you're listening. Who, who's in the apartment? Uh, it, sharing my apartment is a former colleague of mine that I used to do radio with, Jake Asman. Okay. Who else? Well, in the same facility in a different unit is Aaron Wilson of, of uh, KPRC. Mm-hmm. Cole Thompson of various outlets. Okay. And, it, and again, I, I have my own room and my own bed, so I don't know what you're you trying said, to get you, at here, you, John. you know, you've heard – I know you've read some Shakespeare over the years. Uh, you you doth protest too much uh, about uh, not sharing your own bed. Well, you're the one that's trying to make it seem like, we, like we've all huddled up like it's uh, – the family in Willy Wonka in one bed. That's not the case. I'm asking. I didn't. Uh, I didn't infer anything. So Aaron Wilson, Jake Asman, Cole Thompson. Uh huh. All right. All right. What's it like? I I I spend a lot of time working and finding out what the Texans are doing and 
analyzing the players they've talked to. So I don't spend a lot of time with those guys. Yeah. Okay. I was just asking. I was because like, you sound refreshed and uh, really, uh, you know, a lot of vigor. I, again, don't know what you're getting at here. <laughs> What's on deck tomorrow? What do we got? Uh, what, who, who are we getting to hear from tomorrow? Tomorrow are defensive backs. So I, I, I think the most, the most Texans player in the first round is Quinion Mitchell, the cornerback from Toledo. He is, he's basically the, the same approach and vibe and process-oriented guy as Derek Stingley, and he's probably even more quiet than oh, Derek wow. Stingley. Oh, wow. And they would, <laughs> more quiet than Stingley? They would, they would lead the league – in shortest amount of press conference time and <laughs> lowest volume, if that was the cornerback duo of Quinion Mitchell and, and Derek Stingley, he, he's a he's a great he's a great story. He stayed at Toledo when SEC teams were offering him hundreds of thousands of dollars, and he, along with a bunch of other defensive backs and safeties, are, are really intriguing. It's a pretty deep cornerback class in this draft class, and then there's some interesting safeties. D'Amico Ryan's was asked about the safety position yesterday and he mentioned they've got to get guys that are consistent and they've got to get guys that are durable to play safety and we're getting on the field tomorrow right uh yes i believe the the the, the big fellas the defensive linemen and the linebackers will start doing some of those workouts and you'll start seeing some numbers come in and um then some of the you know the measurements and things like that yeah uh, i tell you what everybody's everybody's waiting for the tavandre sweat scale number Everybody's yeah. waiting for that. Yeah. And then he was he was set to be available this morning. Then there was an adjustment in the time of his availability, and there was a conversation about why he's not there. And one representative the weight is a problem, man. That it might be the medical there. So the uh, <laughs> the Tavandre sweat conversation. I had somebody today tell me that they think it's he's for sure a day three pick, and might even last day three. way later than than anybody believes he would last because there are that many concerns about his weight. And then I had somebody else say that the NFL's foolish if they let him get out of the first round. So he's got a very yeah. wide – he's got a very wide range of where he can go based on a couple of different drafts. That reminds games. me of uh, Once Upon a Time. This is this is before your time, Stutes. Um, what? <laughs> this was – there was a uh, defensive lineman coming out of Texas by the name of Sean Rogers. Oh, I remember Sean Rogers. And there was talk about a chronic ankle injury and weights, and he fell to the Detroit Lions. He was a hell of a player. Yeah, yeah. That would be that would be remixed right there. If he Texans could get him in round three or, good lord, day three, you'd be lucky to have him. There, there are not many guys like him in this draft. Amico Ryan's talked about how it's a lighter draft from the the weight of these defensive linemen. He's not light. Okay, <laughs> no, he's. he's not. He's not light, and there's not a lot of guys like him in this draft class. So, I mean, look, if he slips, uh, I, I'd be fine with the with his with his name popping up next to the Texans logo on day two, day three, whatever the conversation may be. That's awesome stuff. I do have one more question for you, though. Oh boy! Did you bring any towels from home? Did you bring any towels from home? <laughs> You're gonna laugh. You know, I thought about this. <laughs> I thought about bringing my own towel. You've done it before. Um, I thought about bringing my own towel because there's a washing machine and a dryer in the unit. And I was like, well, I could use it for a couple of days and then wash it, dry it, and use it again. Or four but days like you I, did on our Super Bowl trip. 
I looked through the uh, I looked through the accommodations, and there's uh, you'll be happy to know I've used a fresh towel every time I've Thank taken you. a shower. That's progress. It's come a long way. That's that's a long Man's way. A long well, enjoy way, making man. s'mores with the fellas this evening. <laughs> I don't like s'mores. <laughs> okay, whatever it is, y'all do. I, and I, I know it looks like I like a lot of things. I don't <laughs> like s'mores though. Are you going to go I'm, get I'm, the I'm, uh, shrimp cocktail at Elmo's? Uh, so the thing that they do, I think, that is better than the shrimp cocktail is they have their own, like, cherry vanilla whiskey Coke that they don't publicize as much oh, wow. as the shrimp cocktail. It's, I don't even it's remember way that. Better. Yeah. It's way better than the shrimp cocktail. There's there's 100 places in Houston that have better shrimp cocktail than this place. Thank you. Text board says Lopez. Don't take the recommendations from John, though. No, no, please do take them from me. Somebody text board said, why are you being weird with Cody Lopez? It's not weird. I mean, this is this just is, ask the limited the, the yeah. living situation. Living situation, oh, and you sure. did in fact take a towel and use it for four consecutive yeah, get days. Get the Airbnb. All yeah, right, yeah. all right, Stutz. We'll 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 be straight ball tomorrow, man. Hey, I, I'm happy to answer whatever you want to know, and I'll let you know how the s'mores are. <laughs> all right, man. Later. See ya, <laughs> Cody Stutz here on Sports Radio Six Ten. Just just asking about the living situation. That's my boy. Yeah, yeah. Living sitch right mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Four days, same towel. If you had to have the same room with. Aaron Wilson, Cole Thompson, or who do you say, Asman? Jake Asman. So you got to share the same room. We won't. We won't say same bed. Let's say I uh, can't pick Cody. I like. I, I like staying with Cody. I just give him a hard. No, time. no, just the three. Um, you got to. Uh, you got to pick one of the three. And it's it's two. It's two twin Asman. beds. Two twin beds. I'm gonna go Asman. I think he'd be a, a fine roommate. He. I think he snores really, really bad. Uh, yeah, is that some intelligence? Yeah, you yeah got? really bad. You got some intel. No, he just just looks like a snoring dude. Uh, Not Aaron Wilson. Aaron snores like mofo. I can't even imagine what that sounds like. I just think he'll... And he'll be on the phone all day. I just think he'd never stop talking. (laughs) But his phone... And his phone. 4 a.m., you'd see the light. Like, you know how you, like, roll over and you see the light? Yeah. And Cole's a a good dude. Good enough dude. I mean, yeah. I just think think I'd probably probably go Cole. Yeah. I think I'd probably go Cole. I'd prefer to go with Cody. He snores... He's fine. No, I've I've roomed him with him a couple times. Yeah, and you were with him when he was his fattest. Yeah, yeah. He had a pizza and wings watching WWE on the on his laptop in the restroom. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've, <laughs> I've been with uh, students when we were in college, and brother, we ate all day and mm-hmm. drank all day, and then went to Whataburger. Oh, after you ate and drank, you went to Whataburger. Dude, dude ordered a triple cheese and then another burger. He and did like, not. After dinner and drinking. I mean, after eating bro, and drinking. A triple meat, triple cheese, which is not even on the menu at the time, and then another burger. <laughs> this oh, was a while, though. Oh, good He's one. on that grind now. I'm glad he is. 24-7. He's covering the uh, combine as well. Coming up, the internet is going nuts. The biggest knucklehead in the NFL is at it again. Would the Texans in any scenario ever bring in someone that acts like this? That's next. Alright, what type of person are we looking for, D'Amico Ryans? This was D'Amico Ryans live, live, live at the Combine talking about what type of player it takes. 
to be a Houston Texan. There is an advantage to, man, I know exactly who this guy is. I know exactly how he will respond. There's a lot that goes into it. It's like we're trying to gather as much information on these players and their backgrounds as much as we can to identify who they are as a person, truly figuring out, man, who is this person that we're bringing into our building? So for me, it's always person over player. Bringing the right person in is uh, is of high importance to me. All right, let's let's hit the choir. Is 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 NRG Stadium? Is it is it Choir Boy Central? Is that is that what we're looking at? No, Choir Boy Central. No, that's all we're looking for. Nope. I think they found a good balance, and and I think uh, man, this music is kind of getting me in a mood here, man. I feel like talking like Nick Casario, uh, but no, I think they've done a good balance of of bringing in the right type of people. But do you think any of these guys are choir boys? Like from the draft to the free agents they signed? These are good dudes. Denzel Perryman, uh, like like Jimmy Ward. I wouldn't call either of those guys, you know, a choir boy. Um, but they're good dudes. This and, is their interview right here that they're doing right now. This is, <laughs> this is the audio. <laughs> this is this is D'Amico and Nick interviewing uh yeah. interviewing one of their favorite prospects. <laughs> this is uh, whereas, like in the past, the Texans were like uh, uh, it was a charade, almost like doing the right thing, having the right guys, and you're like, what, what, whatever, you know. But I think they they've, they've struck a good balance. I really do. I, 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 got, I got the internet going nuts. So we didn't get to this uh, yesterday, and I meant to, and I think you had it as well. Travis Kelsey videos are yeah. Uh, circulating. Yeah, yeah. That the, so. He was asked, I believe, I mean, he looked young. It was like 2016, 2017, something like that. Uh, He was asked uh, the old kiss, marry, kill thing. Interesting answer. Taylor Swift, Ariana Grande, Katy Perry. Kill, marry, kiss. Um, damn, that's messed (laughs) up. I don't want to kill any of them. (laughs) Well, you Um, know, um, it's just a game. Uh, just a game. Uh, It's going to be harder to find real love. You got to play this game, right? What is it, kill? Kill, marry, kill. Ariana is kill, unfortunately. Love you, but you're you're gone. Um, And then uh, Taylor Swift would be the kiss. And oh, then wow. Katie Perry. What's the last one? Katie Perry. Katie Perry would marry. be the... Yeah, Katie Perry, Perry would be the He's like, yeah. Oh, wow. Taylor Swift, just, uh, just a kiss. Huh? Is that revealing? Is that revealing? I mean, not really. I mean, he's just... He's just so... Swifties, man. He's so unbelievable. Swifties dug this up, <laughs> I think. Yeah. At least he's a Q. <laughs> That's true, too. I just... Poor Ariana Grande. I'm just so disgusted yeah. by yeah. Travis Kelsey. He looks like he's 12 years old in that video. Yeah, that was when he was doing that reality show mm-hmm. where he was like, basically like a poor man's version of Brett Michaels or no. Flavor Flav, whatever the hell their reality shows were called. Mm-hmm. Who am I kidding? Rock of Love and Flavor of Love. Come on, <laughs> you know I know that. I, 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 got, I got the internet going nuts. So Tyreek Hill, it, it seems like it's something more and more outlandish. Every time we talk about this guy, he had the uh, the alter the altercation at the marina, uh, the multiple baby mamas, the divorce that was filed that he claimed wasn't filed that was actually filed. Then he said he had to fire someone because they filed the divorce. So this is a new one. So there's a social media influencer named Sophie Hall, mm-hmm. who has two million followers on Instagram. Um. She is claiming that Tyreek Hill broke her leg in a fit of rage in his backyard during a football drill last summer. 
Uh, and now she wants him to fork over some serious cash for all of it. So the allegations in the lawsuit filed uh, in Florida allege the incident went down a short time after she booked a ticket for her son to attend one of Tyreek Hill's, Tyreek Hill's football camps in South Florida. Uh, she claimed that after her purchase went through, she received some flirtatious messages from Tyreek on, on Instagram one of the texts, and she actually put screenshots of this. Mm-hmm. One of the texts uh, said the, the following quote, I've been known to be a good stepdad, whatever the hell that means. Uh, Hall says during their chat on the social media app, he'll also invited her to come a day early so me and mom can hang, quote, uh, before he gave her his personal cell phone. In her suit, Hall says she went on to attend the camp with her son on June 17th, and while there, Hill asked her to come back and visit him at his Southwest Ranch's mansion. Right. Hall says days later, Hill purchased a flight and travel arrangements for her to reconnect with him on June 28th. She claims after she made her way to Hill's home, this is where it gets weird, he asked her to participate in some football drills during a training session he was having in his backyard. Yeah. Hill allegedly asked her to rush against him in a defensive line versus offensive line (laughs) one-on-one style workout. According to Hall, she shoved the Super Bowl champion backward, which caused him to be a little bit embarrassed. She said, quote, Mr. Hill's attitude changed and he became angry. She alleges Tyreek then flipped the drill around so he could rush against her And after a couple of reps, she said Hill charged into her violently with great force, causing her to suffer a right leg injury. She says she complained that she was hurt, but claims Hill has downplayed the severity of her injury, telling her to just rest on a bed and ice the leg. In her suit, Hall claims when she eventually got back home on July 1st, 2023, an orthopedist diagnosed her with a leg fracture that required metal hardware... (laughs) A, a, a metal yeah. rod yeah. in her leg. Hall says she continued to suffer from persistent pain and weakness, and now she wants Hill to pay for her damages for her injuries. Yeah. This can't be true. Uh, but that is a pretty detailed story to make up. I, I can't believe so. I just o- opened up her Instagram. She's got 2.1 million followers, man. She's yeah, a, she's, she's, she's a, a plus-size model, yeah. and, uh, and she's incredibly popular uh, with all the – all the you know the fashion and all that stuff so here's this is me being just me um she had to get a metal rod in her in her leg there has to be some like record of this medical records etc but she said she hurt her right leg she's using crutches and not putting any weight on her left leg in this video these lawsuits are getting crazy man i don't know it could be true all I'm saying is my observation is because I, I double. She said it. right. Yeah, she said she right. She doesn't leg. look hurt there. Yeah, she said right leg. Did you see the video, Figgy? No, I didn't. That looks like she's just got some crutches. Yeah, she's hopping around and not putting any weight on her left leg. Just I'm just just an observation. Me being weird, uh, but uh, that that's her. Did she say it was broke or fractured? Had a, had a, a rod put in it. Mm. Yeah. I've not. I've never been familiar with her work, but uh, no, I don't know anything she, about she's her. She's incredibly popular. That's for dang sure. Know nothing about her. I, 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 got, I got the internet going nuts. Except maybe she needs to get in that four-point stance instead of the. 
Figure you want to uh, queue up that uh, McCown train, man? You ready for it? Hold on, let me find it. You got you ready for that I, I McCown that, train? I thought I buried it. It should have been buried. But I think this is, while he's queuing that up, this is just another testament to how silly and dysfunctional and completely out of their element and overwhelmed this Houston Texans organization was. They interviewed Josh McCown for the first of two times for the head coaching job in 2020. He just got a quarterback coach job in the NFL uh, yesterday. Three and a half years later, the guy guy that they interviewed to be the head coach of the Texans has just been named uh, a quarterback coach three and a half years later. Vikings, by the way. Uh, that's your guy. I mean, two years ago, three years ago, I was I was open to it, man. I mean, what we end up with, David Culley and Lovey Smith? Yeah. F it. But nobody touched him for three Get and a half years. Yeah, I get it. It was wild. <laughs> it, was, it was insane. It was insane. It was insane. And now he's in Minnesota. As a quarterback's coach. QB coach. Yeah. Doing his thing. Mm-mm. We're trying to do his thing. Who knows? Yeah. I just sometimes just happens like that, man. It didn't happen for him. I, 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 got, I got the internet going nuts. Lib, love is blind. Mm-hmm. Love is blind. The, the latest episodes are out today. Internet going nuts. I, I got to tell you, almost stayed up till 2 a.m. to watch them. Oh, yeah? Thought about it. Decided not to. Mm-hmm. But the new Love is Blind episodes are out. The woman who told... The guy that she looked like Megan Fox. No. He is now tonight. He's going to meet the hotter girl. Has he met the, the one? He's met like the Megan the Fox her. one. They've gone on dates. She seems a little crazy. Did you say anything about it? You don't look like Megan All that, Fox? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but now he's going to meet the hot one that he turned down today. Those episodes are out. Some of you might have already watched them. Yeah. But they're out. No spoilers. Internet's going to go nuts. Unless you want to text it and spoil it for Landry. Internet's going to go nuts. Now you tell me. I don't care. Yeah. Can't spoil, can't spoil my glory. If I, if it gets spoiled, if you go on Twitter and complain about spoiler alert, you're a weasel. A lot of people told me to watch that, including you. I don't, I don't think you're. That, that's not good enough for uh, you. No, it's just. No, it's, it's not. Why is it not good enough? It's for just me? not. You're, you're like corny Seinfeld and like that type of stuff. You don't. This is too. This is too. I've turned you on to shows that you've loved. This is too like. It's too advanced it's just, for me. Yeah, this doesn't work for you. Yeah. You got You got to stick to like Seinfeld. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think any. What else? You got? realize most most nights on. Uh, I'm, I'm all doing Hill Street Blues. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I am Mr. Documentary. Um, what else we got? Mash. Man, I haven't seen Mash in a long time. I need to see. Uh, I love Lucy. Uh, so Dick what? Dick Van Dyke yeah. Show. Yeah, yeah. Happy days. <laughs> I'm yeah, cutting edge when it comes to my entertainment. Nah, you don't yeah. need to watch this, though. You can stay out of this. Well, no, I'm going to watch it. You'll think it's stupid. Just to spite you. You'll think it's stupid. A lot of those I do. It doesn't have to go in order, but if you're going to watch, you got to start at six. I mean, if we're being honest. Start at six. Well, obviously, it's stupid. The vast majority are stupid. Yeah. You know the worst argument against something, though, mm-hmm. is, and I don't, I don't, I, 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 like, wrestling still, like, goes viral every once in a while. I, I haven't sat down and watched wrestling 20 years. Like, as far as, like, actually sit down, I got to watch this unless it's, like, mm-hmm. a special event. But the argument that, well, it's not real. 
our reality shows are not real. Brother, you're watching Game of Thrones. Like my I, question is, what do you watch that on TV that's real? Outside I mean, like, of the news. There's always a balance, but it's it's not real. Reality TV's not real. Sir, what is real? You just waited in line to go watch X-Men. Mm-hmm. With, no, the, I, with I the guy it. with claws coming out of his hands. No, it's I not it. real. Yeah, what is real? That's what we're now, doing. Now, are those people saying that reality shows ain't real? There, there's always like, a, well, that's that stuff is so fake. Okay, like, what's your point? There's still like real life situations, and there's a certain level of real to it. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't defend it. I, I'm not proud of it. Mm-hmm. But you're, you're watching, you're, you're, you're literally watching Tom Cruise jump out of a damn right car and right. do six flips into an ocean and then yeah. swim and get back in that car and drive it off. Maybe he's just that good. <laughs> What? What do we say? It's not Don't real. Sleep on Tom Cruise. <laughs> nah, he's hey, he's getting better with age. He's done a good job with some he of his movies. He his own stunts. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not questioning that. I'm just but saying. But they're stunts. But they're stunts. Yes. They're not real. Yeah, it's not real. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What is real anyway, man? Don't you sit around and watch a fake movie for two and a half hours, and then sit around through 15 minutes of preview so you can get a little. 45 second snippet of what the next yeah, one is. Yeah. That's the that's the weird thing to me. Mm-hmm. You ever you ever went into the movies and watched a Marvel movie? Ah, uh, if I have, I can't remember. Cuz I've gone with friends multiple times and they're going on opening night and we're just kicking You know, it. I'm like I don't I'm not a big And I'm like, man. "Hey, I'm going to go see another movie." They yeah. think it's a bit. No, I'm going to go see another movie. Yeah. Y'all can watch y'all can watch this stuff. I don't give a damn what it is. I don't care if it's a rom-com. Y'all go see Wolverine and Cyclops and whatever that card throwing guy do whatever y'all got to do Gambit, y'all do that. I'm I'm gonna you go doing see. the same thing people be saying about reality shows. I'll, no, it's I just you doing the exact same thing. No, I'm not saying it's real. I'm just saying it's corny. Mm-hmm. But so I I don't I don't need to see that. So I'll go see something and then I'll go in and their movie goes a little bit longer and I'm like okay it's finally over. You're sitting outside. You're kind of like yeah hate watching, and then all of a sudden the credits go. Dude, these people are sitting in their seats waiting for like a 30-second trailer of the, for the next, next Marvel one. movie. Yeah, yeah, for the next one. And it's like short as hell, and it's uh, and they're all like, walking, oh, my God, did you see that? Yeah. The bad guy's back. <laughs> Texture brings up a good point. Those movies don't claim to be reality, whereas reality shows claim to be real. And that, that's well, the some part. of them are. And realish. That, but that it's all script, not scripted, but it's all sort of set up i think it's just kind of rea- like reality yeah. type of situations but yeah. that's 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 a fair point that's yeah. a logical yeah it's a it's a lot more point. scripts in reality show than what people think yes exactly I'm si- man let me see this 30 second trailer that, that is the damnest thing i've ever seen man. have there been any that you've liked no i'm not he interested. ain't into all that stuff. no i mean back, look back in the day fifth grade i think when my mom would go to the grocery store i would go to the comic book store and i would try to collect the x-men cards mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, as soon as I got to eighth grade, I, I, nah, sports, reality shows. I would have to go back to, I like, watch. the Star Wars, yeah. you know. No thanks there. I, I did watch several of those. Man. Yeah. That's crazy, too. Now, Star Wars, I liked. The Force. Yeah. The Force is with you. I respect it, man. May the Fourth be with you. Yeah. I, I respect Every it. Every single year. Oh, that I hate. May hey. the Fourth be with oh, you. Oh, that I hate. Hey, I respect I respect your taste. I'm just yeah. the, the sitting around for the trailer is crazy to mm-hmm. me. Like the let's let's talk about the combine quickly. 
Nick Casario, D'Amico Ryans have spoken. Do we have a clearer picture of what the Texans may or may not do? There were three words that Nick Casario said that I think kind of stuck out that might change the way we approach this offseason. Next. Don't forget, bet smarter and beat the books with BetQL and download the BetMGM app today. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Your home is your sanctuary, and the first step to peace of mind is controlling your power. Get a free estimate on a Generac automatic standby generator from the number one Generac generator dealer, Generator Supercenter of Houston. Check them out at GeneratorSupercenter.com or 281-251-6100. Hey, y'all, it's Johnny Smith with the legendary Lone Star Chevrolet. It's rodeo time in Houston. It's one of the best events in our great city with great entertainment and something for everyone. But you know what you won't find at the rodeo? $15,000 off a new 2020 four Silverados. That's right. Lone Star Chevy has 15 grand off a new 2024 Silverados and $6,000 off a new 2024 Tahoes, Suburbans, Equinox, and Blazers. And 1.9% financing for 72 months is also available on Silverados. Come in today and buy with zero down, plus we always pay you more for your trade-in. So don't wait. Head to the rodeo in style with 15 grand off a new 2024 Silverado and 6 grand off Tahoes, Suburbans, Equinoxes and Blazers. Come on, Houston. Come get the low, low Lone Star Chevy price at the legendary Lone Star Chevrolet, 298 Elders, or LoneStarChevrolet.com. Chevy, find new roads. Call 877-229-4217 for details. Free admission for fresh ideas. In renovation, decoration, and landscaping at the Spring Montgomery County Home and Outdoor Living Show. This weekend at the Lone Star Convention Center in Conroe. There's doors, windows, patios, spas, home builders, home decor, trees, and RVs. Home Show Radio's Tom Tynan will broadcast live Saturday 9 to noon. And then stick around to answer your questions. The Montgomery County Home and Outdoor Living Show this weekend at the Lone Star Convention Center in Conroe. Free admission and free parking. Texwoodshows.com. Get in zone. AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Brakes? We can save you 15% on that. We have OE quality Duralask brake pads and rotors in stock, ready for pickup or delivery. We also have calipers, brake fluid, tools, and anything else you'll need to do the job right. When you get Duralask pads and rotors together, you'll save 15%. It's just part of what makes us America's number one brakes destination. Get ready for the live tennis event of the year, the Netflix Slam. On March 3rd at 3.30 p.m. Eastern, join 22-time Grand Slam champion and tennis legend Rafael Nadal as he takes on world number two Carlos Alcaraz and witness a tennis showdown like never before. This live Netflix sports event promises unparalleled tennis action. Mark your calendars for March 3rd, 3.30 p.m. Eastern. It's Game, Set, Match on Netflix. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by.
Granger, for the ones who get it done. Wendy's new breakfast two for $3 Biggie bundles let you create your own delicious combo. Choose from a sausage biscuit, egg and cheese biscuit, small seasoned potatoes, and a medium hot coffee. But it's obvious which combo's the best. Sausage biscuit and small seasoned potatoes. Well, maybe it's the fresh cracked egg and cheese biscuit with a medium hot coffee. Or two savory sausage biscuits. Uh, whichever you pick, you can't go wrong. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's new two for $3 Biggie bundles. Limited time only. U.S. price of participation may vary. Not valid in a combo. Single item at regular price. Thank you, Figgy. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents In the Loop with John Lopez and Landry Locker. All right, so Nick Casario said three words today, and I wonder what it means. I think it's kind of something that we've talked about, but he said two-year window, three-year window. Uh, when Two-year increments. E- evaluating players. And, you know, when, when you think about that, you got to wonder how much are they thinking about Nico Collins? What do they think of Nico Collins? Do they want to sign Nico Collins right now? How do they want to? How do they want to do that? Do they believe unquestionably that this time next year, Derek Stingley will be a number one corner, and maybe they should get something done there? Who knows? But but Nick Casario brought that up, and I thought it was interesting because I think that's a good philosophy to have. It's a healthy philosophy to have, and it's something that if the Texans are looking at things, what are the possibilities of? Things that they'll have to take into most consideration. I would say CJ Stroud. Two sure. years from now, you're going to be yeah. paying him. Uh, Nico Collins, one year. Uh, same thing with Will Anderson. So that's got to be that's got to be something that they're factoring. That surely they're not ahead of themselves enough right now to where they're thinking about CJ, right? I mean, oh, we, I think we, they're we, thinking uh, about it, but, but I know I know they can wait. Much? Yeah, no, they can wait. They know that as well. And why why, why wouldn't they? Uh, why wouldn't they, you know, convince CJ uh, to to wait a little bit too, just so they can bolster his chances of of, of winning bigger? The two year increments thing is interesting because you can interpret that a number of different ways. Two year increments, as in, we want to see in two year increments what our investment should be, or we should invest in two year increments, uh, and and not not beyond that. I tend to believe that's where they're leaning with that. So maybe they would. Um, they would be a little bit more, you know, kind of, uh, I guess, willing uh, to sign some of these players in two-year increments, you know, or their own players in two-year increments. Do you have any two-year increments in your real life? Is there any, like, two-year plan for you? You're just two living for the moment. Plan. No, no, You're just I'm living day-to-day? Uh, I'm not living day-to-day. Minute by minute, I'm memory not, by memory. I'm not living uh, any of that. Uh, every day is a blessing. Uh, well, that's true, but I'm not living uh, day-to-day, uh, but I'm also not – I don't have like a you don't two have like year a two plan. year plan or anything. No, I don't have a two year plan. You don't like in anything like fishing anything. Did you just buy another boat? By the way, I'm uh, I'm working on it. Why do you need two fishing? Boats? Or you selling two. one? Yeah, it's not two. I'm gonna get rid of one. And uh, how long did you have that boat? About a year and a half. <laughs> what is going on? Why are you getting rid of it already? I I just what was wrong with it? Nothing. It's the best boat I've ever had. Okay, so you're already getting rid just of it. Just want a better one. What is your deal? No, I just you know what what is going on here. Okay. You were so excited about that boat, and now you're already getting rid of it. No, no, no. It's the best boat I've ever had. So is it a lemon? All right. You know what it's really about? So is Dalton Schultz no, a boat? It's, it's an awesome so boat. So the Texans treat Dalton Schultz like a boat. 713-572-4610. John Lopez. You ain't selling boat. no lemon, are you? No. It's a, it's, a, it's a badass boat. I'll tell you what it's really about. My wife has gotten into a little bit more nearshore fishing, offshore fishing. Okay. 
So I'm getting a boat that has more of a cover, more con- con- comfortable for her. Because like mostly it's just me or me and my buddies fishing. But she's gotten into the kingfish and the dorado and the jackfish, which are near shore. So I'm like, all right, well let's can, get, let's get kick up the comfort level. Can you here. be honest with me though? I'm always honest with you. Do you do you like that your wife is taking on this hobby that's been your escape for so long? Yes, because I wouldn't like it if she goes every time. But because she's more of like an offshore, that's mostly a summer thing. Okay, that's from like June to August. Okay, like like when I went fishing last week, I was by myself. Yeah, uh, and one day I went with Captain Dean, uh, and I'm probably going to do the same thing this week, and I'm sure it'll be with Captain Dean. Uh, but I wouldn't want her, and she wouldn't want to be out there every time. Like you got to have your own thing. Yes, I wouldn't want it, but she wouldn't want it either. But in the summertime, you got that cover. You're offshore, you know, ninety, hundred feet of water, all that stuff. It's really cool. Yeah, so she's into that. So aspect. you're okay with that? Yeah, I'm good with that. Okay. Yeah, but it's not. It's I, I don't want. It won't bother you. No, not at all. It's it's cool because I because I never I'm more of a bay fisherman but since she likes that I'm doing that more now you know so it's kind of cool yeah okay catch some big old kingfish I just don't want your hobby to be ruined by you couldn't ruin my hobby man <laughs> well I mean you could the wrong company well if I went fishing yeah. with you every time it'd be ruined yeah I wouldn't go. I would just complain <laughs> how go. long are we staying out here man we'd have one life jacket I mean my God. <laughs> <laughs> We're not catching anything. What are we doing? See, I, that's the thing about it. Like, I was thinking about this the other day. Like, I, I was I was fishing Friday, and I caught, like, two fish in the span of about two hours. And I was like, Lord. Then I didn't catch anything for about another hour and a half. So could you catch two fish in a four-hour span Me? and be entertained? No. Hell no. I was absolutely Hell entertained. no. Because I like to hunt. I like to, I like to, to trying to figure you're it out. You're not hunting for anything. You're chasing your tail. No, no, you're figuring yeah, it you're out. Not, you're not hunting for anything. You're looking at you're wind. telling yourself you're hunting. No. You're just chasing your tail. My brother. favorite part of fishing. This is why I just catch and release. My favorite far, part of fishing is figuring out where Isn't the fish the are law? and what they're. Uh, no, no, you can keep some, but I don't. Um, like the wind, the tide, the, the you know all, all these other things, water temperatures, salinity, and all that. I'm like, okay, I think they're going to be here. But then here's here's the kicker. So I went four hours, caught two fish. The last couple hours on the water, I caught about 10 trout. It was awesome. Man's ability to convince himself that he's hunting when he's basically just sitting there not doing anything there's is more like hunting fascinating. And, there's more hunting and fishing than hunting because you do have to figure it out. And you're not there, there's no fish feeder. There's no like a deer feeder. Like you have to figure out where the fish are. I would disagree because I think <laughs> hunting is aggressive and fishing, sometimes the fish comes to you. But there's a deer feeder. Well, that's that's and that, cheating. And, and a that's lot of I'm people saying. think that's cheating. Th- that's what I'm saying. But there are some hunters that's who don't use deer feeders. Some, but mostly yeah. most do or lay corn yeah. or whatever. Yeah, out. I mean, you're, lay, fishing, you're laying out a lot of corn. Yeah. I go out, I go out on my boat every day that, that I go fishing, and I try to figure out where they might be. And to me, that's more hunting than hunting. Because that's a huge bay system out there. And I'm like, I think they're. I'm going to start right here. It's hard for you to believe. It, you would. You would be... F- unbelievably like shocked if you saw my dad's side of the family and how much they fish and hunt oh yeah i mean like i'm talking like i'm talking like they're they're late to thanksgiving and christmas because they're hunting I know like, a lot of guys like, lot, that. like it's so yeah. it's like so I'm, I'm not like i speak ignorant to it because it just never interested me like i was yeah. just like i'm not into it yeah but the thing that i think is is just like from from the the discussion about fishing hunting is like I, I could I could see like taking pride in like getting the perfect deer. Like when well, you sure. get that perfect deer yeah. or when you get that perfect fish. Yeah. 
there's just no scenario where I can be proud of a bird. Yeah, like, like these people are duck hunt, yeah, yeah. dove hunt. Like I just, I'm just like, I, I almost feel like the. I remember the one time I saw the, I I saw the 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 dove fall down. I was like, man, what are we doing? Yeah, here? like I, what is? I, I, what is I've this been crap? I've like, been what, hunting what and doing? I've been duck hunting and and it just doesn't do it for me. Yeah, because to me it's almost this is hunters are gonna kill me. It's almost too predictable and easy. Shoot. Now you're losing your mind. No, because of deer feeders. Now you're losing because your Because of mind. marshlands in the winter. Well, you use crocker or whatever. No, I you? do not use croaker. <laughs> I, in fact, all I use is artificial baits. That's why, to me, fishing is more hunting than hunting. Because it's well, artificial baits. Well, the way you baits. do it. Yeah, the way I do it. Yeah. Yeah. The way you do it. But, I mean, it's. I think it, it's give or take. just depends how it's Like, done. you sit there with, you know, live shrimp or croaker, and you anchor up, and you're drinking beer, and you just lay your line out there. That's not fishing. Yeah. That's not fishing for me. To me, I like to go figure it out, find it out, and then once you get on them, you're like, did it. Yeah. Nailed it. Put it on there. Yeah. How many fish are you allowed to keep? Well, they just changed the rules. Uh, you can keep How many people do you think cheat on this? Lots, and that's sad. Uh, you can keep three trout between 15 and 20 inches. Now. A day? Uh, uh, yeah, a person. Uh, and nothing over 20 inches. And it used to be a lot different than that. But I'm glad they, they, they're, they're tightening up the, the rules because I don't keep fish anyway, very rarely. Never? Very rarely. Like, if I, if I got You never hooked, want to stuff one up there? Uh, well, I did my, my 30-inch trap, my big yeah. one. You can see that on, my, on, the, on the Bite Me podcast on the, on the YouTube. Uh, that's, a, that's, that's something that people just don't catch. There's like 2% of fishermen that can catch a 30-inch or a 10-pound trout. Yeah. And I was in that 2%. So I did get that one mounted. Man, I would, be, I yeah. would get them all mounted. No, God, no. God, no. Just put them up there. But, uh, no, I don't keep them unless I, like, gut hook one and it's not going to make it anyway. Then I'll take it home and we'll have uh, we'll have some trout for dinner. But, no, I'm just catching a release, baby. Okay. There you go. Yeah, baby. Right I can't, believe, I can't believe Lock Dog, he doesn't cook more fish. Yeah, he really doesn't, does he? he yeah. He's kind of. I will. Like, but I'm just not. I, yeah, to me. Not very often. Show was in here. You weren't in here. To me, fishing is more hunting than hunting. The way I do it. Artificial bait. No, no cheating with uh, you know chumming or anything else and live bait and all that. I use artificial bait. I try to figure out the water. Try to go find the fish. All That's right. hard. <clears throat> Sitting in a deer blind with a with a deer feeder a hundred yards ahead of you. Yeah, is not as hard as. I fishing. mean, you are though. Let's let's just be serious. You're making it sound like you're Tom Hanks on Castaway. Like you do have. No, no, like I've some got. T- I've you, got. You do <laughs> typically go out in the water with some of the top fishing guides in the game. Well, I'm I'm a great fisherman. Yeah, but you have some pretty, but you have you have some pretty I decent mean, you have some pretty decent company. Hell, I'm with the you. guy. Damn it. Yeah, I mean, he's he's acting like so, he's out Ron. there rowing and then just throwing a little line hey, out hey, there. You on. do have you do have some help. And Ron. oh, by the way, your fishing boat they is, get to go with me too. Your fishing <laughs> your fishing boat is basically on autopilot. They get to go with me too. Hey, you know they're running though when you go out there, right? I mean, uh-huh. you, you don't you don't just blindly go out there. When, no, when that's the, my when that's what running. I was saying. I like figuring out. Okay, well, the wind is doing this. The tide's doing this. Uh, the water's looking like this. I think they're going to be over here. That's where I start. So to me, that's more hunting than hunting. So you don't have a single screen on your boat where you can see. What's I've got up. my GPS. Oh, okay. Well, that's 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 navigation. Oh, wow. Yeah. Your depth finder. Your depth finder's not telling you. I don't you use a, fish finders. A... I don't use any. Oh, okay. You don't have one on the boat. No, I don't use it. But you have it on the boat. Yeah. It comes standard on all yeah, boats. On right? all the all the Simrad. Yeah. Well, I tell you what you ought to do. Speaking of fishing. Yeah. At uh. That fishing shirt you got on right now has got my name written all over it. I made this myself. Well, it's got my name written all over it. I'll get you one. On the back, you. too. Uh-huh. That you thing's got back? it's got Coors Light on the sleeve yeah. and the back. Yeah. Yeah. I saw him go to the bathroom earlier. I said, yeah, yeah go, go take it to the house, wash it up, and bring it to it. Bring, <laughs> bring it in a Walmart bag tomorrow. I'll take it. Hey, man, yeah, I was listening. He was saying, you were saying all that. I didn't know 
what you were talking about. Seriously? All that stuff you were saying when I first <laughs> stood back here. Were you talking about the wind? No, no, no. He was he was saying all kind of, I think he I, I think he said something about bait. I artificial made, lures. I yeah. don't use bait. I use artificial I, lures. That I don't I ain't got I ain't Croker got. <laughs> is like real polarizing in the fishing community. I thought it he was very frowned upon. Yeah, very frowned upon. Like using very frowned upon to catch trout. I thought you said I thought you were saying Kroger's at first. Thought, well, that's, <laughs> that's not what we said. Yeah, man. I ain't, yeah, fishing. Not <laughs> my background. I think I've done it twice. My neighbor, my neighbor will tear them trout up off the end of his pier now. Oh, you can. He's got a pier yeah. goes way out there. Yeah. He'll get the redfish out there, too, now. <laughs> now, that's the best part when you get a big school of redfish. Whew, fun. Now you guys got me all fired what up. What do you look for? Do you look for the water bubbling a little bit? No, it depends on what the situation is. Like, like I look for... for Birds the, working? No, I look for the little ripples in the and the water going in the same direction sometimes. For redfish? Because mm-hmm. that means they're schooling underneath. And uh, so people call it bubbles. It's not really bubbles. It's like uh, what you're doing. And then the bait. Bait jumping in front of them. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. You're listening to KILTAM, <laughs> KILT HD2. If you want to hear from the king of fishing, though, Captain Mickey tomorrow morning. <laughs> Screw this guy. Wow. The drive is live. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 